catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. That's right, Brian. Here we go. Big Sills National Football Show. Pull up a chair. Put your phone in the right place. Put us on your television, desktop, tablet. We appreciate everybody coming aboard. Any form you want to watch the show, have at it. We welcome you aboard with us, too. And we appreciate everybody that hits the like button each and every single day. I want to tell you who is immediately on the program at the bottom of the hour, Joe Theismann. Former National Football League's most valuable player. We'll get his thoughts on Carson Wentz and also Jalen Hurts. Also does work for the NFL Network. So we'll have the former MVP at the bottom of the hour. Hey, real barn burner tonight. Get ready. Browns and Steelers. Yeah, but better yet, Jacoby Brissett versus Mitchell Trubisky. You want to hear how many fans tuned into that thing on Amazon last Thursday? 13 million people. That's only going to grow. And for a guy like me that's on a show like this, that's awesome, baby. You're now streaming the NFL. You stream Big Sills. You stream Jacob Media. It's great. By the way, it's football. It's football, man. You'll watch Jacoby Brissett versus Mitchell Trubisky tonight. It's Steelers and Browns. You see, the one thing about the NFL, unlike any other league, it's not driven by its superstars. It's driven by its brands. That's why the league is different from baseball and basketball and hockey. The brands of the NFL, the Packers are in one of the smallest cities in the United States, and they're one of the biggest draws on television. Every time Green Bay plays, massive numbers. Nobody cares who the quarterback is. You kind of do it, adds a little bit more flair to the game. But people love football. Look at college football ratings that we see on weekends now. The brands of the NFL, okay? That's what rolls this league now. And that's what television networks know about the NFL. It's not so much who the quarterbacks are anymore. It's, it's the Cowboys. Cooper Rush is now a star. He's a household name. The Dallas Cowboys have made Cooper Rush a brand name now because he's playing for the biggest brand in the country, maybe even in the world. That's what the NFL's power is. It's incredible. I'll watch this. I'm watching the game tonight. Okay? I'm watching the game tonight. All right. Let's go into this here. And I'll ask you something real interesting here, and I'll think it's something that will be on pretty much every media person's mind as we get ready for Washington and Philadelphia this weekend. Who do you think this game matters to more, Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz? Hurts is playing for money. He's playing for money. Respect. Credibility, 
One night doesn't make an NFL season. I know some of you in Philly want to name him the greatest quarterback in the history of the organization. That's one moment in what's going to be and what looks like could be a great season for Philly. Carson Wentz, this is a redemption tour. This is a redemption tour. He's got to prove to people Philly and Indy were wrong. He's off to a great start. He's the number two quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's off to a great start. How about this? Who would have ever thought that this weekend you have the top two quarterbacks in the NFL squaring off against one another and their names are Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz? It shows you how crazy the league can be, man. Bryant says definitely not Wentz. What's up, Carlos? Thanks for coming aboard. Appreciate everybody. I see you guys over here. Nick says Wentz has the records in Philly. He sure does. Single season passing touchdown mark and seasonal yardage for quarterbacks when it comes to yardage. Absolutely, he owns them all. (laughs) And I'll, I'll make this point to you. I think Carson Wentz is the best quarterback that the Washington Commanders slash Redskins have had maybe since Mark Rippon. Okay? Maybe since the guy who's going to be on at the bottom of the hour, Joe Theismann. I mean, I, I can't think of a guy who's thrown for 30 touchdowns in Washington history. I mean, you got to go back into the 60s. So to me, and by the way, for the record, not a real high bar when we're talking about those type of quarterbacks. Hey, Joe was the MVP, and he's my friend. And he won a Super Bowl. He's been on Super Bowl teams. Doug Williams won a Super Bowl. Rippon won a Super Bowl. I get it. I'm not showing any disrespect to those guys. Okay? JM goes, RG3 was better till he got hurt. I agree. Okay? I agree. Okay. You know, if I had to pick, who does this game mean more to? Hertz has got to have this in the back of his mind. You know, everyone thought, and they did a lot here for Carson Wentz. And I love the way Jalen Hurts has answered all the questions about Wentz. Boy, I'll tell you one more time here about Jalen Hurts. He says the right things. He does the right things. He acts appropriately. He acts like a franchise quarterback. Can he continue to play like one? He did it last year. Can he continue what he's done so far in these two games? To look the role of a franchise quarterback. He's doing this. Kudos. There's nothing he has done in the first two weeks that I'm down on. You really analyze what he's done. He's really focused and walking forward. I'm thinking about Minnesota now. It's all about Washington. He's answering it correctly. Great respect for Carson Wentz. Even if he doesn't, don't say it. There's no need for it. Both guys are trying to downplay the game because it's a team sport. Okay? Both, no question, want to win this game this weekend. That's a tough one, man. Who does this game mean more to? Because, hey, if, if Hertz wins this game, he's 3-0. and 
you're going to start talking $40 million. See, there's a money thing around Jalen Hurts right now. What do you pay that guy if he continues the trend that he's on? What's the ceiling for him? Is he my guy? All of that still early part of the season are still questions that have to be answered. Minnesota didn't answer anything. But Minnesota made you do this. This is what that Minnesota game meant to me for Jalen Hurts' career. Okay. Maybe the conversation's real. Maybe it's real that he's the face of the franchise and the future of the franchise. You want to see quarterbacks go out there each and every single Sunday and play like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. That's what you want to see every single week. Can he do it? So far he has. On Carson Wentz's side, look at all the people that talk crap on him. By the way, and I've been saying this to you guys for the last couple days, Matt Ryan and the Colts look like a worse team without Carson Wentz. Okay? I know you don't want to go there, but unfortunately, without a doubt, the Colts don't look better without Wentz. They do not. Again, still early in the season for Indy. Can they turn it around? We'll see. But if he continues the way he's playing, he may change some doubters' minds. See how it plays out. Both guys need this game on Sunday. Both guys, personally, need this game. It's a divisional game as well. So if I had to pick, I probably think Wentz needs it more. Wentz needs it more. Two teams have already said you ain't the guy. Jalen's in the process of nailing down a job. Nice performance on Monday. Great performance. I thought even better because he did what it took to win against Detroit. Nice start for both, but I think Carson Wentz needs this game the most. Okay? All right. Let me, let me move on to this, and let me, let me take some of your thoughts here. What's up with Frank Reich? I think Frank didn't want to move off of Carson Wentz. Okay? Now the Vikings are trashed to Dan. Never said that in a million years. I think the Vikings are still going to make the playoffs and are going to contend in that division in the NFC North. Absolutely horrible take, Stephen. Never said that. As a matter of fact, I made conviction on that the following day after that Monday night game that I can't build them up and then all of a sudden trash them. Absolutely dumb and made up and fake news. Is Indy more of a result of losing Wentz or losing their DC? Chris, maybe both. Viking defense was ranked almost last last year. Great take, Vlad. Uh, the offense had the least amount of turnovers of any NFL team. It wasn't the offense, but it was the offense and the defense, in my opinion, that collided on Monday for that poor performance, and it was also the Eagles laying it on them. Peterson has lost, in my opinion. I think he's lost a step in Minnesota. Jacob says, what if Jalen gets the Eagles into the playoffs, then gets hurt and Minshew wins the Super Bowl? <laughs> hey, 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 Jacob, don't put that juju on anybody, okay? 
Don't put that juju on anybody here. I'm going to get to Jalen here in a second. I got a question to ask you. Okay? You said Vikings will light it up and JJ get 180 yards. I did, GT. I was wrong. One more time. Last time I'll say it. Kyle says, Sills, did you see Carson Wentz said that Philly's defense is nothing exotic? He's right. There's nothing special about that defense. They don't have complex blitzes. They don't bring and give you exotic stunts and such. He's right. Okay? He's right. That's not a lot. No one planet would just that that's an exotic defense. 46. Or a red defense. Nobody would say that. Heard Benjamin Simmons interview. Hey, listen. I personally think, listen, there's no doubt this is going to be a very interesting ball game to say the least here, okay? To say the least here. Okay. Xander, how we doing, man? Are we okay? Some people are saying that we're frozen here. Are we all right here? Let's see, because... um. We've had some technical issues today. It's back. Okay, good. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for keeping us updated on that. Let me ask you another question here. You know, I've been very critical of the offensive coaching and the defensive coaching here in Philadelphia. I've been very critical of it. How good are the Eagles doing right now in coaching Jalen Hurts? How good do you think that Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni are doing with Jalen? Give me a grade what you think they're doing with them so far. How do you think they're coaching Jalen Hurts? I'm going to give you my take here in a minute. By the way, I'm going to get Joe Theismann's thoughts on Jalen Hurts too at the bottom of the hour. Okay. C minus. A. Showtime. The job that you think they've done in preparing him and elevating his game, how much do you give to coaches for where his ability is carrying him so far this year? B. B plus. B plus. LAC 215, they are doing a B minus, a B, but Hurts put in the work over the offseason himself. Not taking nothing away from Jalen here. I'm not a Hurts guy, says Kyle, but you keep talking about a dude that's not even on the team. You're playing him, idiot. It's Washington and Philly this week. In case you haven't seen the schedule, It's Washington and Philly, and it's a divisional game. Maybe you didn't get the memo that Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback in Washington. Okay? Leave the content to me, kid, or take the rest of the day off. B, let me tell you what I think they're doing. 
I've been pretty – I've told you I think the offensive side of the football, okay, I think the offensive side of the football is further ahead than the defensive coaches are, and I think there's a better group of coaches on the offensive side, okay? And they're customizing an offense around him. And I'm going to tell you where that comes from. That comes from Frank Reich's coaching of Shane Steichen. And this is why Nick Sirianni got the job in Philly. They customized, and it's taking them a year. Wouldn't you agree that it's probably taken the Philadelphia coaching staff a year to figure out who Jalen Hurts is? Hell, some people in the league still don't know how to quantify him. Don't you think it's taken them some time to figure out who he is? You got to understand something about Frank. I've known Frank 42 years. Frank just doesn't have an offensive game plan. He customizes game plans. And you know where he got that from? The Kelly gun. He was taught that by Marv Levy and by... Jim Kelly, you can't just have an offensive game plan and go out there and ask Jim Kelly to run it. You customize it to people's personalities and also customize it to their strengths. Look at what he did. Hey, guys, do me a favor. People in Philly, do me a favor. Was the game plan, you tell me, because I wasn't here watching it. You tell me. Was the game plan different for Carson Wentz than it was for Nick when Nick came in? Were there changes in how they approached winning ball games once Nick got the job after Carson got hurt? Because what Frank does is he customizes offenses. Like he's got a, he'll probably have the same setup in Indy for Matt Ryan. Okay but it'll have a lot of nuances. Chalk it up sports, hell yes. It definitely was, absolutely. Chill J says yes. Okay, so this is what they've done here, the coaches. They've had to figure out who he is, right? And it's taken them a little time to figure out who he is. And now that's what you're seeing. This is what you're seeing. You're seeing a customized game plan. Quite frankly, they run the ball out of shotgun. How many teams run the ball out of shotgun? Three? Two? Nobody runs the ball out of shotgun. But Jalen has the ability, along with that offensive line, to do that. The versatility that you have now in being able to attack teams, that's from the coaching staff. That's from Shane Steichen. And also Nick Sirianni working on a game plan to fit the strengths of what they have in front of them. It's pretty good, man. I went back and watched the 22. And you can see it. The offense, compared to the 2-5 and five start of a year ago, even in the situational play calling, it's different. And, and what GT just said, and you have a confident guy in the pocket now, And Jalen Hurts, and you're right, GT, he's feeling more comfortable because he, why would, why do you think he's feeling more, he's feeling more comfortable because he understands what they're asking him to do. 
okay? It's because running out of shotgun is a spread offense concept. Razor, Joe Montana never ran out of a spread. They've added that dynamic. Spread offenses, okay, that's what John Gruden does. Derek Carr doesn't run out of a spread offense. Jalen does. See, coaches like Gruden and Bill Walsh and guys like that immediately wanted to spread you out with their great wide receivers and their quarterback. This guy spreads you out also that if it's third and long, what becomes part of the dynamic on the defending? you got to defend him getting out in the perimeter. You're not going to have to defend in a spread offense Derek Carr on third and eight. Derek Carr's not part of that conversation on third and eight. In Philly, Hurts is. That's a different dynamic. When you're talking, Brett Favre was not a element in third and eight or third and 12 in Green Bay when Mike Holmgren was running the spread offense. Green Bay ran a spread. They ran a spread offense. The quarterback wasn't a factor in that. Okay, was not. Razor says that, okay. Razor said the spread offense guy was developed by Bill Walsh. <laughs> he wrote a damn book on it. Are you kidding me? Where do you think Holmgren got it from? West Coast is spread. Oh, my God. Read a book. West Coast offense is spread. Okay, you guys are right. Again, end of the day. One thing is for sure. They've customized this, and I got to give them some kudos here. Okay? I've got to give them some kudos for how they're coaching the kid. And they're doing a great job coaching him right now in these first two games. That's fantastic stuff there. All right, let me go on to this. Let's transition over here before we get Joe Theismann on. Let me ask you this. Who has to be the key for the success for the Eagles on Sunday? Don't pick one of the quarterbacks. We know that both quarterbacks have to play huge for either the commanders or the Eagles to win on Sunday. Outside of the quarterback play, who has to play and who has to be big on Sunday? Let's take it from an Eagles standpoint. What's the one thing you want to do on Sunday? What's the one thing you want to do on Sunday? You have got to move. Carson Wentz around. You've got to pressure him. You have got to get to him. You know, and I'm going to agree with Wentz. I still think Jonathan Gannon's defense is very vanilla. I don't see a lot of creativity. As far as I'm concerned, the guy stepped up on Monday and played great inside that system and won in spite of the coach. You hear me? I think those guys won in spite of Gannon. I'm not sold on Jonathan Gannon. Hey, if I'm critical of Jalen Hurts after one game, okay, or two games, and I'm still critical of whether or not he's the future of the team, I'm not giving Jonathan Gannon any, any pats on the back here. I still thought he was vanilla. Jalen was spectacular on Monday. This guy here, I don't know. I think the guys played great. They played a lot better than they did against Detroit. That was my takeaway. Okay? 
205 says you blitz all night. Dude, I, I, I think you've got to bring pressure on this guy. I think you've got to get to him. Look at what Detroit did. If you go back and you watch that Detroit game, go back and watch it. If you get a chance to watch the Detroit game, look at what Aiden Hutchinson did in the first half compared to what they did in the second half. They didn't have the pressure in the second half. And Wentz was 21 or 29 for 278 and two touchdowns because they weren't getting to him. All of a sudden, the pressure fell off the map. I think it was because Hutchinson had an ankle injury or something, but they didn't get to him like they did when it came to the first half. It, it, it was completely different. And when they tried to get to him, it was almost like they weren't really conditioned to do it. And, hey, I watched Hard Knocks too. I thought Dan Campbell had that team rocking and rolling and ready to play. But in the second half in that game, they couldn't get to them. And they couldn't get the pressure. There were sustained drives. And Wentz was able to sit back there in the pocket. And when you watched what he did, 21-29, 278, two touchdowns, hey, man, that put him in the game. That made a game of it. I mean, they were down 20-some-odd to nothing going into the halftime. They were getting killed. But yet Detroit let them back in because they let off the gas pedal when it came to pressure. They felt they had the game won. All of a sudden – and you can't do that with an arm in the NFL. He's going to throw them back into games. We see that everywhere. No lead is safe against any team any longer in the NFL because most of these quarterbacks can throw you back into games. They've got to get to him. That means Hassan Reddick's got to show up, man. Where is this guy? You could put his face on a milk carton. Come on, guy. You, I'm starting to do this. I now know why two teams have let him walk out the building. I don't see it. You talk about statistics on football teams that had no impact. Hassan Reddick's statistics have had no impact. I don't see it. You're on a team now that can win the NFC. And you're being asked to go out there. And by the way, you're being paid like an elite pass rusher. And you're not it, kid. You know, and, and by the way, you know, I'm, I'm telling you to move the guy. Dude, get out there and play. Get out there and rush the passer. What are you doing? No excuses. You don't get any. And you know why you don't get any? You're making $15 million a year. Get the hell out there and play some ball, dude. Okay? Reddit gets him in bunches. He better start because he's 0-2. This guy's got two donuts going right now. Man, come on now, guy. Vegas got a six and a half in their house. That sounds about right. I think their offensive line is not very good. We'll talk to Joe Theismann here in a second. Okay? Human's right. Stop dropping that dude in coverage. You're taking pass rush opportunities away from him. Do you know that most teams, they probably are in what? They're probably in spread sets 70% of the time. Dude, rush this guy. Dropping him in coverage, covering tight ends and backs. Hassan Reddick has got to be a factor. Josh Sweat's got to be a factor. There's got to be some pass rushers get to them. And by the way, the D-line better own this Washington team. You're better. I don't think Washington is very good. I think they got a couple players. Tackles in there is pretty good. 
They got a guard that's in there that's not bad. How they let Trent Williams go is remarkable because Trent Williams on that team would have made Washington a formidable team. And you let that guy walk out the building to San Francisco, I'll never understand that. I will not understand that. So you better dominate. I'll I'll tell you this. Minnesota has a better O-line. And I don't really think Minnesota's O-line is all that. The best O-line that the Eagles have played have been the Lions. This is the third worst. And they should dominate. If you don't see big numbers from Hardgrave and Fletcher and Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat, it's a letdown. And divisional games off of a Monday night on the road, I hear you guys on six and a half, and I agree with it. I agree with it, but boy, I'll tell you, man, anytime it's a divisional football game, we talked to Doc Walker yesterday. There's always something about common opponent that you will always have to deal with because you know, when I played against the Saints and I was in the NFC South, you know why that Saints game is always so close? Common opponent. Or when you play Atlanta, and back in the day, we didn't have Carolina, so we had the NFC. We were in the NFC uh, Central Division. So we had the Bears and the Vikings that we had to deal with. Those games were always close. Even when I was on the sorry ass bucks. All right. I gotta, I'm gonna do this before I bring Joe Theisman on here. And I want to tell you guys. So Carson Wentz is throwing the ball at 65 and a half um completion percentage. He's got 650 passing yards, which is 325 in the first two games. He's number two in the NFL. He's got seven touchdown passes to three interceptions. And I gotta think this guy may be the best quarterback Washington has had since Joe's days or maybe even a pre-heard RG3. Let's bring in the former MVP and our friend Joe Theismann. <laughs> Joe, um, hey, before First we go all, here, though. Hello, Daniel. How are you? <laughs> am, I, am I right when I hear that there's a 30 for 30 that you guys have been working on with Lawrence Taylor? Actually, we just did a uh, – the NFL Network last Friday night just did a football life on me. And I am totally flattered and honored that they did that. Wow, man. I can't wait to watch. Hey, Joe, I'll tell you what Lawrence has told me about you. And he's said this to me numerous times. I'm sitting around down in South Florida with him. And I go, what's the, I go, man, you and Theisman must never talk. He goes, are you kidding me? There's nobody I have more respect for in my life than Joe Theisman. He's one of the toughest competitors. He always congratulated me after I, I go, no, he didn't. <laughs> he goes, okay, maybe not. <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> All right, Joe, let's get into this um, one-on-one Washington commander team here. Um, yeah. Give me your assessment so far on what you've seen with the first two weeks of the season. I think, I think offensively, the football team uh, has a great foundation to work from. Brian Robinson hopefully will be back soon, which will really complement uh, Antonio Gibson. And uh, J.D. McKissick really hasn't played a lot of football because Antonio is able to do a lot of things very well. You know, Antonio basically had lost his job until Brian wound up getting shot. And then all of a sudden now he's, he's protected the football. He's a integral part of the passing game. Logan Thomas is back. Our three wide receivers, you know, I would, I would put them in the top maybe 10 in the league or, or better as a group. Jahan's been unbelievable. Uh, Terry is, you know, he's, he's just him. 
And then Curtis Samuel has really come back and showed why Washington went for him a year ago, even though he didn't play very much. So the wide receiving core is solid. Uh, the line has been good. Carson, uh, you know, Carson's played a lot of good football. You, you have one or two bad games and people are just going to harp on, harp and harp on it. He understands what he needs to do. Defensively, again, communication looks like it's a little bit of an issue in certain spots. I think they have to stop the run, which is going to be paramount against Philadelphia coming into this game. And, and I think a lot of the, the burden is going to fall on the defensive side of the football. But offensively, they've got to figure out a way to get through the first quarter, quarter and a half of a football game without it becoming a game of catch-up. That's the bottom line. You know, and Joe, I watched that first half. It was a microcosm of each, like two different games. I mean, yeah. you know, they they were nowhere in the first half. They came back when they stopped the pressure. I mean, Wentz was 21 of 29 for 278 and two touchdowns in the second half. And once you gave him opportunity to throw the ball, he he, he brought them back into it. So, again, your assessment on how you think Carson's played so far. I think Carson's played good, smart, solid football. He's made key plays. When he's had opportunities down the field, he's hit them. Now, that hasn't always been the case there in Washington. And by the way, I think the number is, since I got hurt in 85, there have been 40 different starting quarterbacks in Washington. That's insane. Uh, yeah, it is. It's totally nuts. Well, since Ron Rivera's been the coach in three years, there's been seven different starting quarterbacks to put things in perspective. But I think Carson is playing really solid, smart football. He's not trying to do too much. And then last week he showed basically against Detroit that he can run a little bit too, which I, I wouldn't recommend. But, uh, you know, when he saw the opportunity to make some plays with his legs, he did. So I, I, he's, playing, he's playing the kind of football you want a quarterback to play. If the opportunity is there to get the ball down the field, take advantage of it. If you have a chance to be able to pick up some yards with your legs, do that and then protect the football, which is paramount. And I think he's done all three of those things quite well, Dan. You know you, you know what, Joe, I would say this to you too. I was talking to Doc yesterday, Doc Walker, yeah. and he goes, you know, they're buying into him. Joe, you know this more than anybody. You know, to be able to motivate men, you got to stand in that pocket and you got to take hits. We are just talking about you and those great rivalries that you had against those giant teams and Lawrence Taylor. And you've got to have courage to stand in there, man. So your teammates look at you. When they pick you up, you're picking them up. The whole thing, you buy into it. It seems to me that it's almost like those two mishaps that he had in Philly and in Indy. Look how Indy's playing now without him. They're 0-2. Oh, I yeah. mean, And don't look I'm, good, by the way. Yeah, right. And let me, let me, I mean, Joe, do you see a different guy than what you've heard that's in that locker room now with Carson Wentz? Having spent a little bit of time around Carson, he has a wonderful, even keeled personality. He's level. He's just, he's just very, he's very level. He doesn't get, he doesn't go high. He doesn't go low. I, I think that the two touchdown passes that he threw against Jacksonville, did an awful lot for him and the confidence of the football team in him after the interceptions. When he, you know, the interception he threw, he was laid on. The other one, I just think the Walker kid just made an unbelievable play on a screen. You know, if you haven't played the position, people try and analyze it and criticize it. And, you know, I hear running backs criticize it and offensive linemen criticize it and all kinds of different people analyzing that particular interception. It was just a great defensive play. It was smart. And we see a lot of these screens now. They're not really long screens. They're really short screens where they try and get the people out in front. But he bounced back. And, I, and that, that spoke volumes, in my mind, 
to the football team and said, look, I'm never going to quit on you. No matter how tough it gets, no matter how dire the situation looks, I'm going to be the guy that's going to keep on firing away. And, and I think that's a, a rallying cry for this football team. But they really, really need to. You can't let Philadelphia take off to a 14-zip start early. You really need to play early in the game and late in the game. You know, we've had, we haven't had many problems in the second half. The problem is we've been down so much. So from my perspective, they have to come out and, and hold their own early in this football game to sort of get the momentum and the confidence of the crowd going. Joe, you moved around in the pocket a lot, and you were considered a mobile quarterback. I mean, you're not going to run for 700 yards, but you're going to find passing lanes in the pocket and move the pocket around a little bit to create space for you. Give me your assessment so far on what you see with Jalen Hurts and the development from a year ago to where you've seen him so far, maybe in limited time, maybe that Monday night game too. I thought he was spectacular, but – just your assessment, can you win with that style of quarterback? Can you win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts, in your opinion? I, I think, you know, so much of it, and you, Danny, you've, hold me, you've heard me say this a thousand times, the quarterback position is the single most dependent position on the field. Adding Brown to the wide receiving core was incredible. Their offensive line is solid and good. Their defense uh, is playing with great football. So, I mean, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, they, they have elements. They have, they have corners who can take away your guys. They have a, a line that can bring pressure. They have linebackers that can run on the defensive side. They got a solid offensive line, really solid running game to work off of. And, and the thing about Jalen that, that I've – and I said this in the beginning of the year. I think you and I talked. The guys that I was most curious about in this season was going to be Jalen Hurst and Tua down in Miami because both of those teams added players around the position. Now, what were they going to do? And both of them have responded – the way I think their teams had hoped they would respond. But I've liked the way Jalen from, from Alabama to Oklahoma to, you know, his rookie season, to having a chance to split time, then all of a sudden play a little bit. What I see is constant growth. And that's really what you look for in the quarterback position. Are you growing in the position? Are you protecting the ball? Are you protecting yourself? Classic example, classic example. Zach Wilson's going to miss four weeks of the regular season. It was the first preseason game. He's about five yards from the sideline. And instead of running out of bounds, protecting himself, he plants his foot, messes it up, goes inside, and he's gone. No reason whatsoever in a preseason game or any game at the quarterback position to try and pick up yards in the first quarter or second quarter. Uh, unless it's, you know, it's nothing left. It's the fourth quarter. We're down to our last play. Then you have to do what you got to do. So his his growth has been stunted. Jalen is playing smart football. He gets out of bounds. He slides down. He takes what the defense is giving him. Um, I thought the game the other night, I thought he, he, he really was masterful. Of course, everybody was wide open a lot too. But I thought he played very, very masterful football. And uh, it's fun, even though the Eagles are in the division with Washington, it's fun watching a young man like this grow. I, I think it's, it's exciting to be able to see young guys develop and, and each week get better. And, and that's where you get that, – that team has a, has a ton of confidence in them. They really do. You know, you know, Joe, I think you were and your football team under Coach Gibbs gives up gives everybody 
an understanding of what the quarterback position is. You couldn't have had three more different styles of quarterback that won no Super Bowls with you, with Rippon, and with Doug Williams. And to me, do you think, Joe, where I'm going with it is, do you think today we're so fast to try to compare to Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, or Josh Allen, and, and Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes, who does he remind you of? I mean, don't you don't you think that a quarterback, Joe, has their own blueprint on how they win games? And maybe Jalen has a different style of a blueprint on how he's going to go and approach on winning ball games. Is that fair? Dan, you are so right. I think each quarterback brings a certain skill set to the position. You know, Patrick Mahomes is is you know, I've said this before. Patrick's like a video game. I mean, he has the ability to do things. He has the ability to move around. He throws the ball from different angles and he completes it. It isn't, it isn't for show. He knows what he can do. Aaron Rodgers knows what he can do. I mean, you look at the throwing styles of different people in this league. Tua has a different style. Jalen has a different style. Matt Ryan has a different style. Uh, Carson has a different style. Everybody has a different way of getting the ball from point A to point B. And I think you have to take a look at what that player does and what are their strengths. I think in Jalen's in case, I think mobility, certainly a part of the offense. Carson, would not that would not be something that I would list uh, on a top three as far as okay we're going to move him a lot no you're going to move Jalen and and you know Lamar Jackson once again another unique individual who fits into the offense that they want to run and that meltdown that they had that was an offense you know that was an entire team meltdown is really what it was when Baltimore played Miami uh, and and credit to it. And, and, you know, I'd love to be able to throw to wide receivers uh, like Tariq Hill, who's 30 yards behind a defensive back who decided not to move. Um, I've never seen Baltimore play. I I was was stunned. I was stunned, Joe. And then, you know, here's here's something that that I've really figured out, I think. We have 17 games. Now, you hear all the statistics. Well, if you go 0-2, your chances of making the playoffs are yah, yah, yah. Bottom line is – that was when it was 16 games. Right. So now what you basically do is, and people can't get away from this old time stuff. It's like, who's the greatest player of all time? Well, some guys played in 14 games. Some guys played in 16. Some played in 17. Quarterbacks, if they don't get near 5,000 yards, they're really, to me, they're not really playing the position in an offense that takes advantage of their skill set today. But the first two preseason games are really glorified, I should say, they're, they're, the first two regular season games are glorified preseason games, protecting the football, Renfro with the Raiders, decisions by the coaches using timeouts, uh, Nathaniel Hackett with Denver. They, they don't do that in the preseason. In the, all the preseason is, it's an evaluation process of the guys that you want to make your football team. Regular season is conditioning. Why do you think so many teams are scoring so well in the second half of games? Because everybody runs out of gas. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what happened to Detroit last week when they were playing Washington. The it's, guy had three sacks, and Detroit was out of gas in the second half. How about Miami? Yeah, Miami, exactly. I mean, you can look at you can look at different games and understand that those those games really are conditioning games. Yeah. Conditioning for the coaches, conditioning for the players, trying to figure out who does what well. Unless you're the Buffalo Bills, I watched them play one series in the preseason. And what I saw in that one series is exactly what I've seen in two football games. Absolutely. Joe, a couple last questions here for the Washington team. Ron Rivera, 
Give me your assessment on how you think he's handled the team since he's been the head football coach. And do you think the one thing that you always want to look at sometimes, especially when you're trying to create a new environment and you're trying to create a winning environment, are they getting better? You want to know if a team is getting better and you're seeing that team evolve into being better with better personnel around it. Are they getting better under Ron Rivera? I think they are. I think this is the third year. This is Ron's football team. This is the year he puts his stamp on it. Uh, They feel like they have a quarterback who can do the things that they want to do. I still think Taylor Heineke can play somewhere in this league as a starter. I I just last year, it, it was all new to him. It really was like a rookie quarterback, and I think he got tired. Man, hey, Dan, it's 17 games. Oh, I agree. This is going to be a long, long season, I'll tell you. But you look at the wide receiving core from a personnel standpoint, the defensive line, they've invested a lot in those. Chase Young hopefully comes back in the next couple of weeks and gives them a little more depth and a little more pop in the front. The linebacking core, you know, Jamin Davis in a growing process. It's a very young football team. What scares me a little bit are some of the guys they signed in the back end that just really have to step up now. They have to play better football on the in the back end. But I think Ron has got this football team going in the direction that he wants it to go in. Now the question is to be able to translate it out on the field. And I've said this a thousand times to Sunday. It's not a question of, of it isn't a question of is it the system that helps the players win or is it the players that help the system? It's a combination of both. But if you don't have players, and if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you just cannot be successful. I mean, that's it, a bottom line. Can't be successful unless you have somebody that's able to pull the trigger. You know, Joe, you bring a great point up about Tyler Heineke, and I never thought about it until what you just said, that if you look at the NFC East, they may have the best collection of backup quarterbacks of any division in the league. Tyrod Taylor in New York. Right. I mean, you got Gardner Minshew with the Eagles. You got Tyler Heineke. Now you're seeing this Cooper Rush kid in Dallas. I mean, Joe, it just shows you that there's players out there when they given their opportunity to go out there and play that there's some really fine ball players that are these backup guys. I don't know if I've ever seen look, – look at Nick Foles in Indy. I mean, there's a lot of these guys throughout the league right now. That the quarterback position to me looks like it's just getting better and better every year. And you've got it is getting deeper. And you've got to, you know, Mitchell Trubisky get it gets a chance tonight right. to continue to grow in the position. Merrick uh, Marcus Mariota continuing to get better. Jacoby uh, Brissett. Thanks, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, Geno Smith in Seattle. Right. These are all these are all they're lifers. And by the way, you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys uh, and Earl and Lawrence Taylor earlier. There hasn't been a defensive player that played the linebacker position like Lawrence Taylor in this game. People want to sort of compare people to him. Uh, Mark, uh, was it uh, Parsons to me is as close to dominating a football game as Lawrence Taylor was in his heyday. Wow, Joe. I'll tell you, Joe, you're not putting him in that league. Absolutely. To me, when you look at what his skill set is, his tenacity, his power, his strength, his speed. And real quick, when we used to put up defenses against our offense as we got ready for a meeting, you know, V's are like defensive linemen, B's are backers, C's are corners, S's are safeties. We used to have a big number 56 (laughs) with a circle around it. I think every offensive team better put an 11 up there with a circle around it and figure out where he is. Because if you don't know where he is in a very short period of time, he's going to make your life miserable. 
the kid's that good. Joe, you you think he's in the room with like you're not I'm I'm obviously not there yet, but you think he's in the room because I agree because look when I when I played during that time, we used to just put the film on and we're watching we're watching and it just looked like he was in a different speed. And I've never seen a person and I love Reggie white to death, but I've never seen a guy transform a position, dominate a football game like Lawrence Taylor. And that includes Jerry Rice. I've never seen anything like it. And you think he's in that conversation, Michael Parsons. I'll tell you if he's Dan, if he's not in the room, he's at the door. Wow. Joe. I really, I've just uh, watching him play last year. Uh, with his skill set, watching him play this year. And really, he, he dominates that defensive line. I mean, he really does. He just, he, he's like, he's the, um, he's the pilot light that gets everything going for them. And, and you, you, can't, you can't block him with a back. That's, that's insane. And if you, try, if you try and chip him, you're taking somebody out of your passing game. And he can push, he can push 300 pounders back into somebody's face. No, the kid... The kid's real. I mean, I'm talking for real. Do you think Dallas is in trouble, though, um, with all the injuries, Dak's injury? And, and, and by the way, too, your assessment on Dak, I mean, I'm watching Jalen improve. I'm kind of watching. I mean, I didn't really think Dak played that well prior to him getting injured. And this kid, Rush, seems like he has a better connection with CeeDee Lamb a little bit. I mean, and, and, Joe, I'm not, I look, the backup quarterback sure. is always still – it's always the, the the best, and everyone roots for him, and I get it, you know, when things aren't going well. But just your assessment real quick on Dallas. Too too early to to judge anything, okay. Dan. I think in, in the case of Dak, one of the things, and, and I, I mentioned this about Zach Wilson, you can't lose time. You know, Dak lost a year, yeah, basically, and with, with the leg, and now he's losing time with the thumb. You can't start, you can't start six or seven games and then lose eight or nine. I mean, th- you can't find any continuity, especially with some of the changes that they've made offensively in Dallas. I believe that they'll want to run the football. Pollard's a heck of a back. He is. Zeke, Zeke's looking like he's getting his legs back. He's looking yeah. like the Zeke of old a little bit. Um, but I, I think, you know, Dak is Dak can play really solid football. Let's face it. Let, let's be true and honest about the Dallas Cowboys. Most talented team and most undisciplined team in football. Always lead the NFL in penalties. I mean, you can't – I don't care what you do, no matter who you are as a football team. If you can't find some kind of sense of discipline, you're just going to keep on giving opportunities away to be able to put teams away, to be able to compete at a level you need to. And and, and to me, it's been – and again, we see it again this year. The the, the penalties, again, have, have really, I think, created issues for that football team. They've got talent. In a lot of different places, they've let some of it go. They've added some of it, but uh, the discipline aspect, when it comes to penalties, ha- has been their Achilles' heel for the, this early part of this year and all of last year. Well, I can't wait to watch a football life of Joe Theismann. Joe, you. you know what? And and what's crazy about your whole thing was a Notre Dame star. Then all of a sudden, how humbled must that have been? But you wanted to play ball, man. You go to Canada. Then you get an opportunity to come to Washington. I mean, Joe, that's, I mean, your hunger kept it going for you to eventually win a most valuable player award. I mean, that's some story, Joe. I mean, you know, you didn't come in on a chariot. 
You know, as Doc Walker says, you didn't come in on a chariot. You know, you came in in a Yugo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was a stick shift, by the way. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much, my friend. Dan, thanks for having me. Always good to catch up with you. Take care. You bet. The great and legendary Joe Theismann. Thank you so much, man. I love talking to Joe. God, what a great football player, too. Absolutely, too, man. Leading his football team to a most valuable player award. Also, our good friends at Morgan & Morgan where the fee is free. If you're hurt or injured on the job, one of the most important things that you could possibly do is get that law firm for you to be able to represent you and your family. For the past 30 years, Morgan & Morgan has collected over $13.5 billion for their clients. They're the biggest law firm in the country, and they're ready to do battle for you. Understand this, too. They're they're not going to look at a case and go, oh, it's just a fender bender. No case is too small. No case is too big. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, you tell them Big Sill sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to bite to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
like button. Big Sills here on the National Football Show. Thank you guys for so much. See, look, I constantly bring guys in that go against what I'm seeing with Jalen Hurts. He really likes the guy, Joe Theismann. And I'm starting to look at it the same way that Joe is. I think he's got his own blueprint. So when you guys are comparing him to Josh Allen, don't. He's nothing like Josh Allen. Josh Allen's nothing like him. That's not a negative. Don't you want a one-of? Don't you want a Lawrence Taylor? Don't you want a Reggie White? Don't you want a Ray Lewis or an Ed Reed? I do. I don't want anybody that reminds me of somebody. I want somebody that is that guy. That's who I want. By the way, Micah Parsons, Lawrence Taylor, boy, am I not there with that. No way. No way. But listen, hey, Joe had his leg broken by LT. And he is the number one authority when it comes to Lawrence Taylor in the world. So just because I say something here, this dude was looking that guy in the eye twice a year for a decade. Can you imagine that? Deisman's lining up. And the thing you see, you look over and you see 56 in a two-point stance. And you're getting under center. And there he is. A game wrecker. A game changer. A revolutionary player. A guy who changed the position. Nobody rushed from outside. LT started that. Actually, Belichick and Parcell started that. Those two guys were the creators along with Ray Perkins. Of Lawrence Taylor. Nobody rushed. They had so many great linebackers. They said, we're not getting any pressure with our D-line. Let's rush a linebacker. So they rushed Taylor. LT changed the game. Sydney's right. Changed the game, man. There has never been a player. And no res- disrespect to Reggie. Reggie's the greatest defensive lineman to ever play the game. Lawrence Taylor's the greatest defensive player ever to play the game. Okay? Ever to play the game. You watched him on film and you did this. Shit. You're kidding. What? Did he drop it? Watch this. You know how Hassan... Hey, let me give you a point about Hassan Reddick. Every time we laugh when we watch Hassan Reddick drop back in coverage, I watched Lawrence Taylor get three sacks in a Monday night game against the Saints, get an interception and take it back 92 yards. And you're like, there's not... And he did it with like a separated shoulder. There's nothing he couldn't do. I saw him against the 49ers. Two sacks, knocked Montana out of the game, took a pass down the sidelines and took it to the house. They went to the Super Bowl and won it. Dude, there's nothing Lawrence Taylor couldn't do. And I've heard Belichick say there's not a position on the field he couldn't play. The guy, when he first went to North Carolina, was a nose guard. Unbelievable, man. Just tremendous. Rage goes, TJ Watt has 73 sacks so far. Yeah, in a pass-happy league. Can you imagine Lawrence Taylor in today's NFL where teams throw the ball sometimes 60 times? You're really going to give that guy 60 opportunities? When he played, most teams threw the ball 25 times. 
The Dolphins were an outlier throwing it 35 times. You throw the ball 60 times and 56 is on the outside. Your quarterback's not going to be standing up at the end of the game. He's just not. You had to see it. Some of you were probably too young to understand it, but I saw it. And you saw the films. They would come to us, and we were playing a common opponent. And you're watching the Giants, and you're watching Taylor, and you're like, it was like everybody else was in slow motion, and he was in a different speed on the film. Craziest thing I ever saw. The only other person I ever saw like that was Bo Jackson. Bo on film, unbelievable. He looked like he was in that different gear too. Just incredible. Michael Parsons is really a good football player. But to sit there and tell me, but then again, man, I have to, I have to go with Joe. I do. I, I really do. I have to go with Joe. Hey, I heard something today. Let me transition into this. A little bit more on the Cowboys here. Um, Freeman, thank you so much for coming aboard. Please hit the like button, guys. Um, if you're the Dallas Cowboys and Steven and Jerry Jones right now, how do you feel about Jalen Hurts so far? How do you feel about what you're watching with Jalen Hurts? How do you feel what you're seeing? I said something about this yesterday. Boy, I got to tell you, if I'm Dallas and I'm watching what's going on in Philly, Michael Irvin just may be right. That kid's getting better. Do we agree? Dak's kind of hit his ceiling. We kind of know who he is. You got to have components around him. You got to have some good players around him. You got to have an effective running game. I'm not saying you don't have to have that around Jalen. Okay? I'm not saying you... you you do have to have that around Jalen Hurts. Okay? Wouldn't you think, and then the financial commitment that you made to Dak at $42 million. You've got a quarterback here who's got one more year left on his deal, and he's making $1.4 million or $1.2 million this year. And you're watching a $42 million effort being laid out in the first two weeks by Jalen Hurts. And if you're looking at Dak, I don't know. That ain't it. I'm very disappointed in my quarterback in Dallas. And if I'm Steven and Jerry, if this doesn't turn around by the end of the year, say Dallas gets smoked and he comes back and it's just a flop show. I mean, I got to go like this. Where are we going exactly with Dak Prescott? Here, ask this question. Can you win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts? I don't know that yet. I'm not going to say that after one Minnesota game. And for the record, I don't think Minnesota sucks. I do not. Okay? I do not. But I'm not there yet. And I've told you this. But when I look at Dak... Can Dak Prescott win a Super Bowl in Dallas? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's got to worry me. 
What am I paying the money for? I'm not going to pay $42 million for a quarterback. I'm not sure can win me the big one. Like, do you see Troy Aikman there? Dude, he carries himself in a great way. He, he, he is a fine example of a leader. I, I, I like everything about Dak Prescott except his brother. There's nothing about Dak I don't like except his brother. Now, for his performance, you're 12 and 22 versus winning teams and playoff quarterbacks. I don't know, man. That doesn't seem like a hot number. I'm going to give Jalen Hurts a little bit more time because Jalen was coming out of a shit show of a 4-11 and 1 team. He gets a little more of a pass. That was a ready-made team for Tony Romo when he took over, remember? That team was loaded and stacked when Dak took over. I think they won 13 games that year. When he took over, man, the whole team was stacked. The old line was in its prime. Zeke was running the ball well. Amari came over. I mean, they won a ton of games. I think that was actually probably their Super Bowl window. I would look at it like this. And I would say this if I'm Dallas. Man, if Jalen Hurts keeps... I'll tell you, by the time you get to that Dallas game, okay, by the time the Eagles get to that Dallas game, in week six, and if the Eagles blast the Dallas Cowboys in that week six, if I'm Jerry Jones, do you have buyer's remorse on Dak? Boy, man, I'd have to think so. Would you think about doing something and moving Dak Prescott? so that you could get another guy in the building, a veteran dude, maybe Lamar Jackson. How about Lamar Jackson to the Dallas Cowboys? You put him in that conversation. If I'm going to pay somebody $32 million or $48 million, I'd rather pay Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott that money, wouldn't you? Okay, I'm just, I'm, hey, those decisions... You can't tell me that Jerry's not having that conversation right now. Right? J.M. Sills, what are your thoughts on Herman Edwards having his team sabotage him? All those transfers and all the guys leaving, and they left to go to other teams. You see him spread out throughout the college football ranks. I think it's a crime and a travesty, and I feel for Herm. I sent him a text this morning. Okay? I sent him a text this morning. I think he got railroaded at Arizona State. I like Herm Edwards. I can't see Lamar in Dallas. They would have to change the offense to fit his style. Well, they're in the cusp of doing that now, though, Stephen. Their old line is old. You're going to lose Zach pretty soon in the offensive line. Zeke's not going to be on the team next year because of salary cap issues. They're going to owe him $20 million next year. They're not paying him that. You can't pay a back, a running back. $20 $20 million, if you can't pay a wideout $20 million, you can't pay a running back $20 million. And then your quarterback, $45 million. That's not going to cut it, especially with one of those guys. This is what you have in Dallas right now. Watch this with Dak. I don't know. And with Zeke, I do know. Hey, he may look decent, but Pollard's a better back. Why is everyone wanting to give Zeke Elliott a pass he makes $16, $17 million. If I'm going to shit on Fletcher Cox for not putting up numbers and not putting up consistent ball games, Zeke's in that room too. 
You can't go like this. Well, Fletcher's not a $14 million or $15 million guy anymore. Well, Zeke's not a $17 million running back either. That's got to be fair to that. Okay? JM says Dallas should pick up Jimmy G. Let me tell you something. 49ers ain't doing anything with Jimmy G. Except for doing this. Silent prayers in a corner. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are on two knees right now going, thank you, God. And by the way, it's crushing that Trey Lance doesn't get a chance to get better or prove that he's a starter. I would never wish injury on anybody, and that's not what this is. But San Francisco's a better football team with Garoppolo as the quarterback. I, I never bought the kid. I, how, how can you buy the guy when you never seen the guy play? Played one game his last year at North Dakota State, and then prior to that, he played against bumps. You, you, know, you, you got a decathlete playing quarterback. He's a great athlete. Is he a quarterback? I don't know. He's never shown me anything where I went, that guy is really special. Shit, I saw Justin Herbert's first game against the Chiefs, and they lost, and I went, that guy is going to be somebody. Okay? Pollard can't block. That is a problem with him. Lamar should sign with the Falcons. South Florida kid being down in the South again. His family could come up and watch him. Um, I still, hey, we'll see how this thing plays out with Tua. Because remember, there's two things with Tua Tugaviola, right? Whether or not he could throw the deep pass and if he could stay healthy. If Tugaviola continues to play well but then gets hurt, one of those things could still take him out of the starting lineup in Miami and hand that job off to someone else next year. Because Remember some Jimmy Garoppolo lost his job in San Francisco, not because of production. He lost his job in San Francisco because he always got hurt. He's missed a ton of games since he's been in San Francisco. It wasn't on production. Okay? Hey, Sills, could Howie tag Hurts? Hey, hey, GT, I I think he's got one year left. Am I right? Jalen's got one more year left on his deal. Am I right? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you can do that. Going into the final year of your contract, I think it has to be an extension. I don't, I, I have to get clarification. I'll look the CBA up tonight and I'll get back with you on that. Okay. But I, I don't know exactly the particulars. I thought maybe he had to complete his contract because remember something you can't, you, 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 there's not a, because he was a second rounder, there's not a team option to pick up the final year. And there's not like a fifth year like you have with first rounders. So that's one of the cool things for him on his side of the table with his representatives. Okay. No fifth year option. That's right. G because he was a second round draft choice. First rounders have the fifth year option built in. It's part of the collective bargaining agreement. So when you see some of these guys, that's why you saw the giants not pick up Daniel Jones's the Browns for whatever reason, picked up, Baker Mayfield's, and that's why they owed him the 18 million bucks, which was a colossal mistake. They're paying three quarterbacks now in Cleveland. How much more Cleveland can you get? Okay. Remember when Sill said your team is elite, your quarterback is not. Joel, you must have missed about 100 million shows 
when I said that the Eagles were going to win the NFC. Anybody who's been watching our show knows I've been saying that, and I was the first to say it. Of all the people around Philly and around the country, I was one of the very few people saying that they're going to win the NFC. Am I sold on Jalen after Minnesota? No. We'll see. Okay, you got 15 more games to play. (laughs) We got a lot of golf to play here. Okay? I'd hate to see Hurts get picked up by Dallas. (laughs) Hey, he keeps playing like that. You're not going to have to worry about him getting picked up by anybody. Okay. I want to hit on the Washington Commanders a little bit more. We'll do that. It's a big game, obviously, for Carson Wentz. Some of the comments that Carson Wentz made and also some of the comments today that Ron Rivera made about the Eagles. I want to hit on that. Please hit the like button. Hour two coming up. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
Welcome aboard National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills, hour number two. I know we swept the top of the hour. We'll take you a little bit further into this hour. We look forward to talking with you again about the Washington and Philadelphia game on Sunday. Some other NFL news. Caesar from Chile. Thank you. Great steaks. Great tea, actually, too, in Chile. If you ever get there, the tea shops are spectacular there in Chile. Really a great country, man. A lot of fun, too. You're there on the um, on the ocean. Really good stuff, man. Great country. Great country. Please hit the like button, everybody. John C., do you think the Eagles are going to land a pass rusher before the trade deadline? You mean try to get that guy out of Chicago, Robert Quinn? Uh, hey, man, I'd love to have Robert. But if you put Robert Quinn on that Eagle defense, shoo. Man, would I like to have Robert Quinn? But, dude, they they gambled with Hassan Reddick. They rolled the dice. I think those were the two options. Howie was either going to try to make a deal to try to get Robert Quinn out of Chicago or Hassan Reddick, and he went with Hassan Reddick. A lot of people liked Hassan Reddick. I never did. I kept telling you when they signed him. Remember when everybody got all excited? I went, I don't know. From day one, I was never really overly thrilled with Hassan Reddick at 6'1", 233. Where are you going to play him? And three teams now have not found a position for him. And people point out, double-digit sacks the last two teams. I get it. That's the only thing keeping him in the league. Can't cover. Can't tackle. I don't know. Okay, I just, I'm saying, but, but Sydney, it's not just that Robert Quinn had 17 sacks last year. It's that he's got over a hundred in his career. Okay. GT, you like Reddick? I just don't think he's a every down edge rusher. I think he's a situational guy that you bring in like a nickel dime back. I don't think he's a guy that plays three down. He's not a three. Dude, you're paying a guy $15 million not to be a three down guy. That's a little bit overpaying to me. Isn't a sack a tackle? Sure, five star. Okay. He can't. How about this? Here, I'll even be more demonstrative. He can't play to run. How's that for you? You want to go there? I was trying to be kind. But since you wanted me to be a jackass, five star, okay. He can't tackle. And he can't cover backs, and he can't cover tight ends. Is that what you wanted? That's what you got. He's one-dimensional. Okay? There. I was trying to be kind, but you didn't want me to be. You wanted me to be honest, okay? Can't tackle, can't cover backs, can't cover tight ends. One-dimensional at 6'1", 233. End of story. Okay? He, I, I, Donald... I don't think he's a bust. I don't think they're using him right. And I don't think he's playing well. I think this guy's got to get in there. And I think this guy's got to go out and he's got to play also. Stop thinking about all this crap. Okay. Omar goes, you wanted to do that. No. (laughs) That's better, Sills. We have to be honest here. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough, dude. Okay. 
Fair enough, man. You got me. Way to go, five star. Okay. Hey, you didn't you didn't like me being a little nice to Hassan Reddick? <laughs> see what see what some of these guys do, man. Okay. See. No, no, Sills. That's not what we want here. Caesar says, Hey Sills, greetings from Chile. What is your opinion on the wide receiver court? Will Smith be able to handle the pressure of having AJ in the group? Absolutely. He's a professional. He's one of the best route runners in the sport. He is a great teammate, and I have great respect for Devontae Smith. Um, I don't think he'll ever fulfill the numbers that people thought he would have. Like, he'll never have Jamar Chase numbers, but he'll, he'll be an impact player for Philly. Watch this. See, people don't understand, and an offense like Philadelphia has, 950 yards – or 1,100 yards is going to be the equivalent to 1,500 yards in Cincinnati. You know why? Cincinnati can't run the ball. You're, there's going to be games. Like, here, this game against Washington on Sunday, there should be 65 rushes against Washington. I might throw the ball 20 times in this game. You know Why? I don't need to. I can run Washington over with my dominant offensive line. They're not going to be able to. If they get into a passing game with Washington, why would you do that? You keep Washington in the game because you know you're going to have three and outs. If I were Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni, I would run the ball until someone said, no mas. I'd run that thing right down their throat. Washington can't stop the run. That D-line, their tackles are decent. The rest of the thing, I think their linebackers are average. Their secondary is not very good. And because Chase Young's not in the building, they don't really have an edge rusher, I'd run them over. You control the clock, field position. Limited in turnovers. You have no chance for tip passes. Like that turnover that Jalen had, that should never count against quarterbacks, those tip passes. I hate that stuff. He's, he's been played great ball those first two games. Then he gets a tip, and he gets an interception. That's so dumb, and I hate that. Okay? I hate it. Swansky says, so you have to see more from Hurts. Reddick is already a mistake. Yeah, because it's his third team in three years. Yes. I told you that already. Three teams in three years. Nobody's figured out a position for him. And the Eagles have not figured out a position for him either. There's a reason he's on his third team. Haven't you plugged that in? Good night, man. Use common sense sometimes, guys. It's not that hard. They have the worst run defense. GT, for all the equity that they spent and all the draft assets that they gave to go into that defense and build that defense up for Ron Rivera, completely underproducing. Okay? Completely underproducing. Swift killed the Eagles, too. Blunt says free agent Jason Pierre, Jason, um, Jason Pierre Paul. Um, uh, how much does he have left? I'm not ready to say Reddick is a mistake. Once again, 
Redick is a good player. Jonathan Gannon doesn't know what to do with him either. And I never thought that defensive coordinator would. Okay? They need to use him properly. Alexander, what is that properly? Okay? What is that? What does that mean? There's only one thing you can... You know why they don't want to use him properly? Because it's a mistake to pay a guy that's a one-down guy, third-down guy, $15 million. You can't have one of your highest-paid defensive football players only play third down and paying them $15 million. It's not... It's not good. That's a Howie bust. That's an overpay and overreach. And by the way, isn't there multiple years on his contract? I'm going to get to Washington here in a minute. He's better off just pass rushing, at least have him play Sam Blitz. Jeff, that's a good way of looking at it. I don't have a problem. He'd probably be more productive. Hey, didn't you guys... Before I get into Washington, how about what Joe Theismann said about how you see teams play? Maybe that's one of the reasons, too, that the Eagles even, you know, second half scoring both games. Is that a conditioning issue? We we, we saw that in the Washington-Detroit game. Detroit got after Washington in the first half. Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks. I mean, the thing was unbelievable. They were moving – Carson Wentz all over the pocket. All of a sudden, the second half came. They were out of gas. They were completely out of gas. I don't know. Did we see a little bit of that? I think there was a lot of energy on Monday night. That thing went pretty much 60 minutes, didn't it, with the Eagles? I don't think there was, like, a lack of energy in the second half. They came out and balled on both sides of the ball. So, and and plus, I thought they played. I still would like to see more pass rushing. I think the Eagles are still limited in pass rushing. Okay? How about this? Not so much the sack numbers, the pressures. Get more pressures. Move those guys around a little more, okay? Will Cox show up? GT, this is going to be a big game for him. Short work week, you travel on the road, divisional game. Will he be able to string two games in a row? He hasn't since I've been watching him in a year and two games. He has not done that. As a matter of fact, he'll play one good game. Remember I told you? Next six will be common. 14 4 is not common. That's a big salary. Lead a little more out of that. So get this. If Fletcher doesn't show up on Sunday and Hassan doesn't show up, you got $30 million in guys who aren't doing anything for you. That's not a good look. And I'm going to make a point to you before I get on to Washington here. Okay? I want to make a point to you. Howie's secondary is stepping up and looking good. Howie's D-line's not. Now, the two tackles did a hell of a job. 62 yards rushing against Minnesota, and they got Dalvin Cook. First game they gave up, they gave up a buck 50-plus in rushing, okay? So it's kind of like mixed messages there. Then again, Detroit's got a good old line. Minnesota doesn't. This team does doesn't either, and it's worse than Minnesota's. So the D-line and the pass rushing and all, secondary's been great. It's been great if you take the, you know, the eight quarters so far with all the new players and 
learning new schemes, CJ coming in, only been there about 17 days now, and he's learning this whole new system, technique-wise, what they're asking him to do in alignment. Been pretty good back there. Fly says, Seals, your opinion on Jordan Davis up to this point? I don't know. He's a dude out there right now. He's nothing special. Okay? He's nothing special right now. Yeah, but Scott, he's nothing special. I don't see special. And so if he's playing on first and second down and you're taking him out on third down, I don't know. Let's see. But by the way, way too early on him. Way too early. Okay, let's let let's get to the bye, and then we'll have a better assessment on him. But right now, I don't see anything special. This guy tests well. This guy had a great college career, I think. And I just, for the 13th pick, I don't know. That's not a Dominikatsu. You know, Dominikatsu, immediately, when he got to Detroit, Dominikatsu owned the place. I think his rookie year, he had 10 sacks. I thought he would be something kind of like that, maybe, but far from that. Far from that. He's not in the conversation with Adamic and Sue yet. Sydney, okay. But Sydney, so he'll get in condition each week. You pay a guy 13th pick money and he's got to get in shape. Shit, man. Isn't that something that should be built into the player? You know? I, I I I I don't like that. You know when I have to hear, well, he'll a couple more weeks will be in. You weren't ready for the season. You're, what you're telling me is that he wasn't ready for the season and the start of the season. How could you not be ready? Now, that could be a t- that's a league thing too. So I want to be fair to Jordan. That's a league thing also. Okay. Sue wasn't a nose. Well, I'll tell you what, Brian. Are you going to put the 13th pick on a nose guard? What nose guard do you remember being picked 13th? Don't you think they had loftier plans for him to play DT? And to get over there and be more of a... Dude, you pick nose guards in the third round. Not the 13th pick. (laughs) And take him out on third down? So he's not an every down lineman that you drafted. Again, way too early, but right now that's who he is. Okay. And like I said yesterday, the other guy, Kobe Dean can't even get on the field. Now that's because the linebacker plays pretty good. TJ Edwards has been. TJ Edwards has been the most valuable player on the defense so far in the first two weeks. Slay in the first game. Second game, spectacular. TJ, first two games, it's been great. He's been all over the place. It's been all over the place. Okay? Dan, I agree that these professionals should be ready, but this is built into the NFL Luscious, I agree with you, man. Or Lucius, I agree with you. I think that's I think that's built in today. Okay? Scott, I agree. I think TJ Edwards and Kaiser White have been fabulous. 
Kaiser White has been just a great pickup. He's just been a great pickup. He And by the way, Edwards was all over the field on Monday night. I mean, down the sidelines, up and down the sidelines, scrape lanes, getting back in pass protection, covering backs and tied. Man, he was, I'll tell you, man, he was as versatile as you can get. You know how hard it is to find guys that can play the run, fill the hole, get back in the zone, cover the scene, cover tight ends, backs out of the backfield, recognize, not take false steps. That kid did it all, man. When you watch T.J. Edwards play, I'll I'll show you what a lot of young guys do. Okay, play's coming this way, right? There'll be an influence somewhere. Backs, maybe this guard will go away. Young players will do this. They'll bite. You see this? Watch this. I'm going to show you the difference in college and in pros. I'm going to show you the distance. And you'll understand how hard it is to play linebacker. Watch this. This guy in front of me is the guard. This guy here is the center. And you're lined up over him. This guard will influence you. And you'll step this way. He goes out. They run a trap play on you. That's all they need is you just leaning. And the pros, this lean gets you blocked. False steps get you blocked in the NFL. One false step. In college, you can make a false step, grab the guy in college, dump him, and still be in the hole and make a play because you're that much better. In the pros, it's all about angles. When that guy blocks away like that, your first notion, that's why you always have to read your keys. I always tell young players this. Never follow the ball, follow your keys because your keys will take you to the ball. When you start getting tired and you see Jordan do this all the time, what's he do? He gets up and plays high. He's trying to cheat because he's not in shape. And when you're playing high, you get blocked. In that league, you get up high like that, I don't care if you're 6'7", 348 pounds. You're going to get blocked if you play high because they've got the leverage on you and they're going to turn you in the hole. And that's what happens to him late in games because he's out of shape. He starts getting high like this. You see a lot. It's a young player's deal. You'll try cheating because you're tired. And you'll try to see where the ball is. And that's where he'll take you this way and you're blocked. So young players, it, watch this. As soon as this guy goes away, me, my head automatically goes inside because they're going to try to come back with a trap play or a wham play coming in with the tight end or a running back. I know immediately when he takes that split and he steps this way, wham, I've got to look back inside because I know they're trying to wham me inside, trap me, scoop or slip me. That's just just playing and understanding the position. But you got to be in shape for all that. A lot of young guys will take that influence. Boom, you're blocked. He goes away and you step with him, linebacker, like – Nicobe takes that, he takes false steps. He'll take a false step. Center's on him. He's blocked. He's turned him. If Cox and Hardgrave can can be moved, do you that as soon as possible? Um hopefully Jordan Davis doesn't get any food contract. (laughs) Hey man, you hope he gets all the things he possibly can get. Let me get into Washington now and go into the commanders here. And so far of what I've seen, 
in the first two ball games with them. They play behind, man, in every ball game they've been in, even the one they won against the Jags. Jags are improved. Um, they're improved. The Lions are a good team. We said that when we, remember I told you that I said that that Washington team, after watching them in hard knocks, Barrett thought it was going to be a blowout. I said, no, this thing's a three-point ball game. This thing's a three-point ball game, and I said this game's going to be close. And it was. It was a three-point ball game. Because of the old line, Panay Sewell, the center, and they were banged up in that offensive line. So they really handled, I thought, Washington effectively. But what shocked me was that they ran out of gas in the second half. Uh, Detroit did. See, Detroit doesn't have a rotation that uh, Philly has. Philly's going to be able to rotation you because they have depth. Washington doesn't have that, and nor does Detroit. That's why Detroit ran out of gas because they don't have good players behind Aiden Hutchinson and some of these other guys. The Eagles have that. So they can rotation these guys. They could send in a Milton Williams. They can move guys and slide them around with Jordan Davis. They can do all that stuff. Okay? They don't have to be in the greatest condition, Philly, because they're deeper. That's how they're going to get away with this. So Washington is going to have their hands full. In my opinion, I'm going to say this here, and I don't really like to do that fortune-telling stuff but I'm going to do it. If that Philadelphia Eagle defensive front does not take care of Washington, we got problems. We got problems on what? Consistency. You lay an egg against Detroit. You play great on Minnesota and you give a half-ass effort. And don't give me short work week. Washington's on a short work week in a way as well. They had to travel to Detroit. They had to get back. They do get the extra day, but they were on the road also. Washington had to go on the road to Detroit. It was a Sunday, and I'm not saying there's no doubt the Eagles have a less day, but they, they were on a road trip too. Eagles played at home. Okay, that was a home game for them. So Washington had to go on the road and play in Detroit. That's a factor. Um, but Washington's O-line, I don't believe you can handle the uh, the Eagles' front. So, like I said a couple minutes ago, I think you run the ball right down their throat, and I think you run Miles Sanders until his wheels fall off. And I'm, I don't want Jalen Hurts involved too much in the run game here. I want him to do sprint outs, but don't put him in harm's way here. There's no reason for it. Sanders is averaging 85 yards a game. Run him. You got one of the best running attacks in the league. Last year, he had the best running attack. And you're going against the worst run, worst rush defense in the league. Why throw the ball? Because why? You want your fantasy fans to love you? There's no need for this. See, this is the thing that the Eagles have that is different than most teams. They can run it. And now, potentially, they have a chance to spread you out and throw the ball around a little bit. But you got to be smart here. you got 15 more ball games. Okay? 
you you know what you've got to be kind of like what a chameleon is what is what 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 how do i attack washington you don't attack washington with the same game plan that you had against minnesota you have to come up with a customized game plan that's why every Wednesday we get game plans on particular teams on what their strength and weaknesses and tendencies and trends are. It's called a trend book. And from so far, what I've seen with Washington, they get behind early because they can't defend. They can't defend their quarterback and they can't defend the run or the pass. They're not really great on both sides of the ball. Do they have playmakers? Absolutely. And because of the way the league is in conditioning, a lot of teams don't have the depth. Remember when I told you something about – remember what I told you about the Eagles? I said, look, I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles have the best roster in the NFC, but what I do think they do have is the deepest. This is where this plays a factor here. This is where this rears its head against a team like Washington. Use it. Put Milton Williams in. The kid's a good ball player. Play some of these other guys. Get them out there. Put them out in space. Rush. I would rush Hassan Reddick as many times as I possibly can in this ball game. And I'd put a linebacker behind him. And if a back came out of the backfield, I don't want him caring about that because he can't do it. Get to the quarterback. This quarterback can't take pressure. Every game that I watched this year with Carson Wentz, I went back and watched what the Jags did. Hey, man, the Jags knew exactly what to do. They moved him around in the pocket. They gave him internal pressure. He dances too much. Pat, 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 sack. Okay? You know when you get the third pat, he's going down. His pocket presence and feeling pressure. So, listen, you you may not get to him initially. But to me, this is going to be effort. When you playing against Carson Wentz, If you give up after your first move and you think you're done, I say most of the time people have success against Carson Wentz is in their second move. Just keep the motor going. He's going to run into you. There's two things that Carson Wentz does in ball games that drives me crazy. He'll throw it to the other team because he tries to needle it in there. And you know what he does? He will run into a sack because he can't feel it. Jalen feels it. Jalen knows when people are around him. I think that's an innate sense that some guys have and some guys don't. Boomer Esiason was great at it. I think Brady has a great sense of the pocket. Manning had a great sense of it. Okay? But he, Carson Wentz, the first two games, I watched him run into more sacks than any quarterback I've seen in the last two years. And it was like he goes into a fetal position and started trying to get out of there Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the secret that Steve Mariucci showed me. There's doorways for quarterbacks to go out. Guy rushes wide, and he comes around the corner. You go through the front door. You come underneath. You roll out to your left. That's called the front door. Same thing on this side. Guy comes up, comes in. You go out the back door. They got all these escaped. There's four of them, two in front, two in the middle. And if you don't have internal pressure, you could step up in the pocket. So you in theory have five doorways to get out of pressure. 
These quarterbacks are told that and taught that. You get a sack guy coming around the corner here, you come underneath, and you go through the you go through the front door. Guy comes back here, you go through the side door. You go through the back door on this side. We're told all this as defensive players. That's why you've got to keep containment. And that's why you can't break down the edges. And a guy like Jalen breaks those edges down like that. John, Wentz is so reckless in the pocket. You know, I'm going to throw a stat at you. Do you know in the last 19 ball games, Carson Wentz has thrown 34 touchdowns and 10 picks? That's spectacular. That's not bad, good. That's spectacular. He's thrown 34 touchdown passes and 10 picks in his last 19 ball games. You tell me that's bad? I'll throw 25 teams at you that would take that in a second. I mean, look, the Eagles in the last 19 ball games have 17 touchdown passes. This guy's got double the Eagle touchdown passes in the last 19 games. But his fundamentals in the pocket, I mean, and I think he's playing as tough as he can. I'm hearing all the good things coming out of Washington. It's early, though. We'll see when adversity hits him. Okay? Why isn't Carson still with the Colts? Gee, you should ask the Colts that. They're own two. Okay? Hey, Eagle, Eagle fan goes, Wentz moves like a 10-man lube with Sills' hairspray. I don't use hairspray, dog. Women use hairspray. Men don't use hairspray. Okay? Remember that. Men use gel. Okay? Men don't use hairspray. Okay? Women use hairspray. Hertz has 10 times more rushing touchdowns. Congratulations, Theo. The one thing the Eagles don't want him to do is run with the ball because they know he's going to get killed. None of the elite quarterbacks in the game that have won Super Bowls are leading the NFL and touched. I mean, Tom Brady and all the great quarterbacks. I wonder what their touchdown totals are rushing the ball. Eagle fan, I know what you meant, man. <laughs> the tin man, awesome. He was always the best playing outside the pocket. I see a lot of issues similar to Donovan with him. They were never going to be great pocket passers. They are playmakers. He's just got to be better in the pocket, man. He's got he's to have better pocket presence. Seals, wish I still had any edge. <laughs> I'm going to hang on to mine as long as I can, brother. Big Seals ain't going bald yet. GT, you're right, man. He, I, I get it. I get it. And you're dead right. You're dead right on that. How you figure that, Seals? Eagles have designed runs for Hertz. I know. I get it. I get it. I'm already going bald, says Xander. All right, I got to take a time out here, okay? Do me a favor, I want to get back on course here a little bit. So, hey, my friends at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free, and that means this, they don't get paid unless you do. Morgan & Morgan is there to protect you and your family if you've been hurt or injured on the job. 
like no other attorney firm in the country. For the people is not a slogan. It is who they are. With over 800 attorneys in offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida, nobody will defend you like Morgan & Morgan. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. Yuck. Every time you call Morgan & Morgan, when they pick the phone up, there's no case too small or too big. They're there to defend you. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sill sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS. Not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years. And the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sales. Appreciate you guys coming aboard with us here. I love when I hear people in the media saying, hey, you see what's happening with the owner of the Suns, Robert Sarver? This means that Daniel Snyder's got to be next. Wrong sport. Wrong sport, Sunshines. The players in the NBA actually are partners. Their contracts are guaranteed, quarter of a billion dollars. There's only one fully guaranteed contract in NFL history with the kind of money. And that's the guy in Cleveland. NFL players don't have guaranteed contracts. They've got the weakest union in professional sports in North America. Do you think the players, have the players ever won a strike? I think there's been six of them. I've been involved in one of them, the 87 strike. They've never won a strike. You think they're going to fight those billionaires like Jerry Jones, Bob Kraft, <laughs> Stan Kroenke? With what? The NBA guy with Chris Paul and LeBron James, I'm not playing there. And guess what? You still got to pay him. You still got to pay LeBron $50 million. <laughs> Dude, when you guarantee money a quarter of a billion dollars to people, that's why you handle Fruit Loops like Kyrie Irving saying all the stupid shit that he says. Because you have to pay him. NFL, somebody does something dumb, you can whack that guy like he's sitting on a New York Street corner outside of the Ber- Bergen Hunting Fish Club. Did John Gotti just kill that guy? He sure did. <laughs> you crazy? Dude, they hit NFL players all the time for acting stupid. Tebow, Colin Kaepernick, Michael Sam. They don't like something that upsets the cash register. You're toast. John Gruden, out. Colin Kaepernick, out. (laughs) You ain't doing that in the NBA. NBA players actually have some onions. Okay? GT, good question. How do you slow down Hurts? I'll get to that here in a second. Well, Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder's got the backing of Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft and Stan Kroenke. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's got to be next. You know, he doesn't really run a great play. What's that got to do with reality? How, how, How the fans look at NFL owners. NFL owners own you. They own their league. The NBA guys, why do you think they take nights off? Uh, What is that thing called? Load management. Yeah, you know. Got to have load management. You know, I'll take a week off. Oh, by the way, I'm taking a little, like, mental health time, you know, 11 days or 12 days, just so you know. Do I still have to pay you $500,000 a night? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Must be nice. I'm jealous. Do I sound it? I am. I completely do. (laughs) Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, did he really sign with the Baltimore Ravens? They need it, man. Miami showed him that they needed it. How do you slow down Jalen Hurts? That's a great question. Ron Rivera is one of the better D coordinator slash head coaches in the National Football League. How would you stop Jalen Got to stop the run first. 
Everything with that Philly offense is predicated off the running attack. Every NFL defensive coordinator, this is what got me with Donatella on Monday. Dude, you needed to do what the defensive coordinator in Detroit did. You had to put pressure on the A and B gaps. There were run stunts. You know how Detroit kind of slowed down even though they went for 216? You know how they kind of slowed them down? And it turned out to be what? More effective in the passing game in Detroit. Look, everyone's look, always looking at the number with 155, but no one else was a factor. I mean, Goddard had 60 yards in that Detroit game. But was really a factor? They were, they were blitzing out of every package, and they were run blitzes. I think, personally, Washington's going to have run but I don't know why Minnesota didn't do that. I mean, it looked like a Jonathan Gannon defense. They were playing weak zone coverages. Those wide receivers, you, you even heard Joe Theismann. They were so wide open in that Monday night game. It looked like you were watching an, a college football game. These guys were running across the middle of the field wide open. You don't see that traditionally, especially when you're playing press coverage. Hey, and I think they're going to play zone. Washington doesn't have the dudes in the secondary to play press. So to me, this is a complete mismatch. I don't know, man. I, 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 I really, I know it's a divisional game, but to your point, GT, I don't know if they can slow them down. But if I had to, and I had the talent that Washington does, I would just do this. I would blitz first and second down and try to get them into a one-dimensional team. You can't have and, – and, and, hey, that third down stuff. I'll tell you – can I tell you what Jalen's most frightening thing for me is? Third and eight. Jesus, criminy. Third and eight. That guy is a weapon on third and eight, and it's because of his wheels. And since he's gotten a little bit better passing, it's becoming a tough cover now, isn't it? Dude, when he gets a third and eight now, how many of you are sitting there watching the game going, I think this guy could pick this up? When you're watching third and eight with the majority of the NFL teams, there's a 17% chance that you're going to complete that and get into the backfield and be a factor. 17%. Notice, third and eight or longer, 17% of the time you complete third down. I'd like to see what the Eagles' third down percentage is and where they are with that. This guy breaks that shit down every single time, man. Third and 12, third and eight, third and nine, third and seven. I mean, he, he gets those first downs, and it is difficult to defend. Washington gave up eight yards of carry. Shoo, wow. Oh, man. You better back and bring truck up, dog. Hey, man, to him. Let's see if he lasts a year. Hey, GT, am I right? Third and eight. You sit there and go like this. What's Jalen going to do? Every, every time I was in that Detroit game, I'm like this. This guy got that third down. I, do you guys remember when one of them was third and 12? And you're going like this. That son of a B picked that thing up, man. That's got to be a stake in the heart of the Lions. I mean it, man. You rush the passer. You rush the passer. You're getting into secondary. You're doing everything. He breaks out in the open and gets a first down on third and 12. What a nightmare that is. 
Because when you start to see that shit and you start to see it repetitively, then you've got to defend it. Then you got to take a guy out from covering the backs and the tight ends. And all of a sudden, you got a guy running wide open in the seam like AJ. And that's why he went for 155. If you notice, that's how what, what happened. AJ was so wide open because they started getting concerned about third and eight, third and nine with Hertz's wheels. I've never seen in the first two weeks more wide receivers open on a football team than I have with the Eagles. Every other game, I mean, look, that Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle game in the second half of that Dolphin game, dude, that was a wild game. I've never seen the Ravens bite the bit like that, okay? Who do you got, Sills, Philly or Washington? You want me to do it before Friday? I can't see how Washington stops the run. And those coaches are coaching him correctly. I, I, I just can't see it. Eight yards of carry. First two games, the Jags ran the ball on him. I just don't see it. Okay? Now, again, though, they're divisional games. Those divisional games are close. All right, I want to get back on track again. Third hour's coming up. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
Hour three, National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Appreciate you sticking in here with us. Thank you very much. Let me say this to you about the scumbag Brett Favre. Um, you know, it's one thing to take advantage of people. It's another thing to take advantage of the poor. And to run a scam on the poorest state in the United States of America to build a swing set for your daughter. I mean, you know, you have one reputation. Brett Favre has never been. Can you imagine? I mean, you're, you're stealing from people who are on welfare, okay? He is, without a doubt, the biggest scumbag I've ever seen. And I'm going to say something to you, and some of you probably will get in my shit for it, but can you imagine if that was a black quarterback who did that? Okay? This guy gets a pass because we've built him up. All his drug use, okay, we kind of overlooked it because it's football. Okay? The stuff that he did with my friend, Jen Sturger, ruined her career. I know Jen a long time. And sending him penis pictures or sending her penis pictures while he was the quarterback of the Jets, I know her well. Used to see her on ESPN all the time because she's a Florida State chick. And she follows me on Twitter and we're friends. I know her dad 25 years. Her dad's a hurricane. I know him. He said anything about him being a pervert to her. Let that roll. His infidelity, nobody brought it up. This guy is a scumbag. He is not a good person. He is a lowlife. You're stealing from the poor to build your daughter a recreational center. Bro, you don't have the money to do that? You're freaking Brett Favre. Now I know why he's not on network television. No one would hire that guy. I mean, look, I'll tell you this. I've said things in my career, but I've never done anything remotely close to doing anything like this. Never have I ever sent penis pictures to women. You know that's going to come back on you. When you push send and you're in the public light, if you don't think that that's never going to come back or text messages or what have you, you're, you're an egotistical maniac. People like to keep files on people. They like to have those kind of things on folks. You've never, hey, Aaron Andrews was a mistake, but I'll tell you one thing I've never done. I've never sexually assaulted or said anything when it came to somebody I worked with. Joy Taylor was my producer. One of the things I told her, I don't care how good looking you look. It's had nothing to do with you and me. You're going to go to work here and you're going to work your ass off. And she credits me for her career because I gave her her first on-air job. And it wasn't because of her looks, because she worked hard. She's one of my, per- she's one of my people. You've got to carry yourself with some respect and you've got to have some code of conduct. 
look, man, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. That's what this guy Favre is. What a scumbag. Just absolutely no respect for the guy whatsoever. And you know what sucks? He's one of the most revered players in the history of Packer Nation. You could shit all over Aaron Rodgers all you want. Aaron Rodgers ain't that. I'll take Aaron Rodgers all night long over that dude. This guy can eat all the mushrooms he wants. Brett Favre has no he, – he, he's just a lowlife. Too bad, man. I mean, stealing from people who don't have anything. It's like the worst. Shit. I feed stray animals. <laughs> I, got a, I got a stray animal cat that I feed every morning. Okay, I, I bring water to it. And this guy's stealing from the poor. And the poor state in the union. And, and you know what, though? And we've let him just get by because John Madden loved him. I don't know. We pick and choose in this country who to revere and who to revile. And it's sad. It is sad. Xander said something to me a couple of days ago. You know, he said something. He goes, I despise people who look in people's past and just dig shit up. And I agree with him because you're picking and choosing who to go after. Okay. You are. People make mistakes in life, folks. We're all not, there's only one perfect person I've ever read about. And I get on my hands and knees for him. That's the only guy. Rest of us are born with original sin. So, I mean, but this guy, oblivious to it. He don't care. We sit here and we build this guy up, his fame up. As fans, you know, I'll tell you something about the Eagle fans. And let me tell you something why, you know, I learned something. And I was thinking about this, about all Eagle fans, Patriot fans, and all the fans. You are vested in these athletes. And I'll tell you why. Do you know, how about this? Do you know the fame and the riches that fans like Philadelphia Eagle fans can do for an athlete when they build that aura up for a guy and you, you, you're invested in it. You build him up because you give him the benefit of the, of the doubt with everything in his career. It's one thing to be great on the field, but in today's society, do you know what you guys do as Eagle fans? You're building up A.J. Brown, Jason Kelsey, Carson Wentz. When you invest your time and passion into something that you know that has benefited somebody and their fame and fortune, yeah, fans are vested. That's why they get pissed off. That's why they boo. Dude, I spent five years, jerseys, time going to games, representing this guy, loving what this guy does for my community, civic pride, then he shits the bet on me. I thought about this with Favre before I made this comment here. Think about what Packer fans did to his legacy. They built this guy up into being this godlike figure. Father dies, he throws for those touchdowns against the Vikings on Monday night. 
all of it, man. Guy's got an arm hanging off. He's got a separated shoulder. This guy's playing through pain. We build this guy up. Fans make you into millionaires. The fans. The fans in your play. I mean, think about what today you guys are so important. Look at how important you are in social media now. Look at how important you are on platforms like this and other platforms. If you're not there, if you're not on LeBron's Twitter page or Instagram, those guys don't get paid. The fans are so important today. I'd say the fans are more important today. It's not about you just going to Lincoln Financial and buying a ticket anymore. You buy a ticket every day. When you come on my show or you watch the NFL or you make a comment on one of the players' social media platforms, you're at the stadium. They have brought the stadium to the fans. That's one thing social media has done. They've brought the stands to you. I mean, just saying. I, I, I personally think you guys are more important than ever before. Ever before. Ever seen anything like it? How important the fans are to many athletes, actresses, actors. Politicians. Trump was so influential on his Twitter page that they banned him because he had over like 90 million people. 90 million people. This is not a political, I'm talking about influence. That's right, GT. Google, Apple, and Amazon those guys all think this now. Okay? Joseph says, I don't think the NFL is affected or players by podcasts that get under a 1,000 people watching. Joseph, then why are you here? Don't you love guys like Joseph who come to platforms to put their chest out and say shit like that? You don't even know what you're talking about, guy. You have no idea what you're talking about. Zero. <laughs> but but there's a jackass that comes here to say those kind of things because he believes that, hey, look, wait a minute. Joseph proves my point. Joseph gets an I, he, he gets a platform to come here and to tell me how bad I am. Think about what I've done. I've motivated Joseph to get off a, an, an apple crate in a garage, in the dark, to come here and criticize me. That's winning, my friend. That's winning. <laughs> okay? That's winning. That's not losing. You have to understand what the definition of winning is, my friend. I mean, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll tell you this. Mike, I know you guys. Hey, hey, Mike, my show the other day, too, is still killing it. Hey, 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 Mike, just so you know, 
we're probably going to do 65,000 views this week. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be all right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to probably do that this week. So it's going to be all right. <laughs> Except for this. Now, I don't know. Tonight, hey, Jacoby Brissett versus Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, are you ready? Mitchell Trubisky and Jacoby Brissett. But because it's football, hey, get this, man. I'm going to be watching that bad dog too, man. Hey, guys, I know that, man. Hey, you got to always remember something, though, Jeremiah. A guy like that that comes in, and I've motivated him to come here. Okay? I just know you can't sing. That's a fact. <laughs> uh, that's a fact. <laughs> uh, Joseph, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. You guys are great. I love you. You guys are fantastic, man. All right. Let's reset here on what we hit on in the first hour a little bit. I want to go back on it a little bit here. And we talked about a little bit how big this game is for both players, Jalen Hurts and for Carson Wentz. Guys, you know, I get I, I get the animosity towards Wentz, and it's kind of what I was talking about a little bit a couple minutes ago. You guys vested so much time into it. I get it. But don't you get the sense that Carson, is it possible that Carson Wentz has learned from his last two stops? Is it possible? Look, if I'm Carson Wentz, didn't work in Philly. For whatever reason, and you know what? I got, I got an idea what the reason is. Do you want to hear the most difficult thing that you could possibly tell a player? You guys don't think so. Okay. And can I make a point to you? Let me ask you this. What do you think is the biggest problem with Carson Wentz? Pally says it's possible, but not likely. Um, tell me, what do you think? is the biggest problem with Carson Wentz. Tangibles have no issues with the man. Won a chip and got A.J. Brown. I thank you, Wentz. <laughs> He's soft. Ego. His ego. Happy feet. GT, I'm going to say something here that may be the worst thing you can ever say about an athlete. What do you think the worst thing you can ever say about an athlete is? What's the worst thing you can say about an athlete? Brian says he didn't represent the ethics of the city. He thinks he's a made man, can't be coached. Under pressure, no escapability. His personality rubs guys the wrong way. Omar said that. There it is, Steve. Steve Martin. Steve Martin nailed it. Steve, I think you're right. I think the biggest issue with Carson Wentz is he doesn't know how to be a teammate. 
I've never heard more people talk more shit on one guy in such a small sample of a career than on Carson Wentz, who has all this talent. There's just something there. And, and think about the 23 years that Brady has played. Outside of that Fruit Loop, A.B., I've never heard a guy on the planet ever say anything about Tom Brady. I've never heard anything, okay, ever say anything about Tom Brady. Tom Brady's greatest asset, in my opinion, Tom Brady's the greatest teammate in NFL history. That's his secret sauce. Brady's the greatest teammate. And you know what Jalen's doing? He's taking a page out of the Brady playbook. He's taking the page out of the Brady playbook. Mike says he doesn't know when to give up on the play. Those are all technical things. And I agree, Mike. But for you to be able to have guys that you're supposed to motivate and half the room doesn't like you, you're never going to have true success. How about this? Have you ever heard? How about I'm going to compare Jalen Hurts to Tom Brady here. Yeah, you heard me right. Have you ever heard a teammate say one negative thing about Jalen Hurts? You know what's even funny? All the people I bring on here, even if they're not pro Jalen, have you ever heard anybody say anything negative about the kid? Anybody. Okay? And I'm talking personally as a team. By the way, I think he's a great teammate. Okay? Okay? Jalen's a great teammate. Showtime, he is a fabulous teammate. Look at all, you know, Peyton Manning. Do you remember what happened to Peyton Manning early in his career? Joseph, I think he's a great teammate. That's right. Even the haters, Dank, who don't like some of the style like me, he's a great teammate. He's, he, he's, a, he's a great teammate. Do you guys remember what happened to Peyton Manning? Do you remember early in his career he throws 28 picks? Right? Remember what he did? He came back and he annihilated his offensive line. And he ripped into them. Hey, man, remember he was on the air. And they were thinking, yeah, our offensive line couldn't pick anything up. We gave numerous sacks up. And what about the shitty four picks you threw? Everything was on them. Archie went to his son and said, that's a bad move, kid. You need to go back and apologize to every single lineman that's in that building and then your teammates because you'll never win your locker room over again if you don't correct that right away. If you don't make that thing happen right away, you will never, ever win in the NFL. Do you remember Manning going back, apologizing, and he went back and he was so sorry, so sorry for doing that, changed his career. Wow, 85, that's an incredible comparison. Wentz is Jeff George. Man, Jeff George is the greatest talent I've ever seen throw the ball. 
I'm not kidding you. I mean, he almost went to Miami. Hey, hey, 85, you want to hear why he didn't go to Miami? And he went to, uh, what was it? He went to Illinois. He was, he, we transferred from Purdue and we killed him. We had eight sacks when we played Purdue. Um, I think Kevin Sumlin was on that Purdue team too. And we had eight sacks in the game against him. And he was going to transfer to Miami. And guess what happened? Craig Erickson was being recruited from Cardinal Newman. It's a high school in uh, around Fort Lauderdale. And they asked Craig Erickson. Craig Erickson played a couple years in the NFL too. They asked Craig Erickson, who won the national title too. It goes like this. He goes, hey, Craig, Jeff George is going to transfer to Miami. You know what Craig said? I don't care if John Elway comes here. He ain't beating me out. Kid decided not to go and he went to Illinois. That's when you knew right there. Okay? That's when you knew that that guy was never going to be that guy. Okay? You just knew it. That I'm like, hey, man, good. Guy sucked anyway. Sandman says, Sills was talking about Kirk Cousins and Jefferson like they were Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Well, they're actually Sandman ahead of Joe Montana and Jerry Rice in statistics, like I said. He's the fastest guy wide receiving in numbers, even Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. And Cousins has put up enormous numbers. There's nothing made up or they are better numbers than those two. They are. There's not a wide receiver in the NFL that compares to it. Okay. Did Wentz ever talk about having discussions with the Mannings and work out with Brady and helping his game? That I don't know. Okay. That I don't know. And you know what, too, GT? I'll tell you another thing, too, that Wentz allows sometimes into his personality. Dude, don't bring your religion into a conversation with somebody. You're not a preacher. You're not. Football players, they want to know who you are, what you are, but they don't want to be lectured. Everyone is different in a locker room. Muslim, Jewish, Catholic, Protestant, Baptist, Greek Orthodox, Polynesian folks are in the room. When you start speaking like that, you divide. Remember what divides the room more than anything. Race, religion, and politics. And when you bring that into a locker room, be prepared to divide the locker room when you are with conviction like that. Look, I'm not saying you shouldn't have God in your life. I believe in God like the next person. And it's important to me in my life, the Lord. But I'm not a preacher and I'm not going to preach my ways to you. I think it's up to each and every individual to have his own personal relationship with Jesus Christ or God, whatever you want. It's not my place to judge you on that. We're in such a time now where we judge people on their religion, race, and politics. It's sad. Everybody has their own blueprint in life. Okay? And just because that blueprint doesn't conform with your blueprint, I find that odd that people can't get along with that. I get along with everybody. I do. 
I get along with everybody. I like everyone. I like people with different opinions and different religions and different attitudes. Okay? Joseph, who you got winning tonight? This is like the crumb cake bowl, isn't it? <laughs> hey, who do I got winning tonight? I don't know, man. Who throws the least picks? <laughs> Browns, hey, the Browns and the Steelers, man. I don't know, man. I got to probably go for Tomlin because I like Mike Tomlin. Okay, I'd probably go with Tomlin, man. He's one of my favorite coaches, not deep favorite coach. Scott goes, this sounds terrible, but I thought Wentz play really changed. When he left the girl he was dating when he when we drafted him. Remember a homegirl um catching him study under the table at the dinner? Hey Scott, you know, hey, I, I would normally say that that's kind of like stupid, but then watching Brady right now with Giselle, I don't know. That thing don't look like it's ending well. You know what I mean? That thing doesn't look like it's ending well. Hey, home front could change everybody's opinions and things. Man, my wife's my biggest advocate, and sometimes, and she and my aunt, my wife and my aunt, okay, are the biggest influences, influential people in my life. Hey, Sills, why do Italian guys he's scared to go bald? I don't know, dude. See, hey, this is what Italian guys need to do, GT. I just wish some of the Italian guys could comb the hair on their back. Like, have it like, you know, go over, cut it off somehow where you could get the hair on your back. If you could transform the hair on your back to go on top of your... Now, see, you know, Big Sills has got a nice head of... I got a nice head of hair here, Okay. I got it going on here, man. Okay, I'm good. All right, I'm good. But some Italian guys, man, these guys, what they'll do is they'll start folding it over, you know. They'll start doing all that, and I'm like, I don't know. GT, if we could just get the hair on our back to go on top of the head. Nice hairline, Sil. Shut up, Lenny. I see it going back a little. God, you guys are so... So critical, man. So critical. All right, I got one for you. Let's transition into this. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about Deion Sanders being the next head football coach of the Carolina Panthers? Or Indianapolis Colts? How would you feel about Dion? I love the idea. I'll tell you what, if I'm Arizona State, I call him immediately. And if I'm Nebraska, I call Dion Sanders immediately. Okay. Then he goes, Dion should go to Atlanta. Oh my God. You imagine Dion Sanders being the head coach. You imagine the coaching staff that he would put together. Scott, FSU's three and oh, man. They're not firing Norvell. They're not. Joe goes disaster. Oh, you mean like Matt Rule? It can't be any worse than Matt Rule. Dude, Matt Rule has been a colossal disaster. Dion would at least put a staff together. He would at least, he's got Mike Zimmer who made $6 million last year 
down at Jackson State making $30,000 as his D coordinator. Can you imagine the coaching staff he would put together and all the people that would be in that building? I think you guys are wrong about Dion. Well, because you see the flash. Dion was all prime time. You don't have respect for him. You should. Guy's a savant in football. The guy has made the historically black colleges relevant again. One man has made the historically black colleges relevant again. Don't you notice it? On ESPN, you see more, right? HBCU games on. I see more nationally televised HBCU games than I've ever seen. Okay? Paul says, can't see Dion coaching quarterbacks. Yeah, no, he wouldn't. He would bring in an offensive coordinator and he would bring in gurus to go in there and coach those guys. Dion's not going to coach it. Dion's going to do what Jimmy Johnson taught him. He's going to be a coordinator, and he's going to be a guy that's going to coordinate putting good coaches around these kids. Okay? Slay is not Deion Sanders, my friend. That is so far from the truth. Dude, nobody attempted throws to Sanders' side of the football. Okay? There weren't targets to Dion. Slay gets targeted. Dion never got targeted. <laughs> he would do this. Dion would go like this. I'll just play 10 yards off the guy. See if he has the onions to throw it. He'd break on the ball, put that four flat 40 up there. You know, Dion ran a 3-9-40 one time. And he he, he did it. I, I, I think he did it in a sweatsuit. I saw it. He came down to Kane's Pro Day and in a sweatsuit ran a four flat. Unbelievable. Man. Oh my God, could that guy move? I played, he was on the field when I played against him in FSU. Shit, man. That guy was insane great. I mean, the players in my lifetime, Reggie, Dion, um, uh, Jerry Rice, LT, guys like that. Bo, Bo's in that room. The greatest players I've ever been on the field with and were in my time, Bo Jackson, Dion, um, Herschel Walker, Ronnie Lott, Joe, Jerry, uh, Walter Payton, those kind of guys. <laughs> Dion was just – dude, Dion was a freak show, man. Hey, hey. Lucius goes, Dion would bring Drew Brees in to be a coordinator. Probably. Probably. Or Troy Aikman. He could probably talk Troy Aikman out of um out, out of the booth. I mean it. Bruce Smith was great too. Marino, Steve Watts hat on a hat. <laughs> hey, real quick, man. A hat, a hat on a hat. You know what I told Steve Walsh? Don't F it up. <laughs> and he didn't. He won the national title. Okay? Yeah, hey, after Vinny left, we got beat in 87. I remember going to our first spring practice, hat on a hat. I go like this. Don't F it up. Okay? <laughs> Just don't F it up, man. 
Oh my God, Dion would probably bring in Seth Joyner as a defensive coordinator. I could see that easily. Bring in Eric Allen. Okay. Absolutely. Tony Romo. No, Romo makes $35 million a year. I don't think he's going anywhere. All right, guys, please hit the like button. Some more NFL news. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. National Football Show, please hit the like button. So Ben Simmons was on the J.J. Reddick podcast. You know, when you have FU money, your reality sometimes is distorted. And you don't really know what you're saying or doing. You know, when you're a young professional athlete, what happens is you see you think you're Teflon and you think you're immortal. You think you wear a cape. 
You think the things you say are etched in stone? Trust me when I tell you. You got a couple million bucks in the bank. You're feeling high. You're driving around in big cars, living in fancy houses or fancy townhouses. Gee, wonder who that was. <laughs> you think you're indestructible. So you get to distort your own history. And you get to like weave your own way of how you see things. Like I said, when you got FU money, who gives a shit about the guy sitting in the treehouse? What he thinks about you? Who cares? The guy sits in a birdhouse. You think I care what he thinks? I sit in a luxury townhouse. I've got $50 million in the bank. I don't care what that guy's doing or saying in a treehouse. I don't care, man. This guy owns a treehouse and plays in a sandbox. Who cares if he's right? People are going to listen to me because I'm Ben Simmons. Okay? I'm Ben Simmons. So he talks about not taking the shot. I should have slammed it, this and that. And, you know, Redick, I guess, kind of. And he, he kind of asked him the right questions. He wasn't very professional with it. But then again, he's not a pro. And he's not a pro ordinary, or, um, you know, a guy who's going to sit there and ask you correct questions. Okay? He's not. He's not a guy that's going to go back and forth. He's not an interview guy. He's an athlete. I kind of like try to bait you. <laughs> he wasn't. So Ben's talking about, yeah, I love Philly. Why? Why do you love Philly? It's such a lie. When I saw that, I was like, it's a lie. There's no way you like anybody that talks shit on you and ran your ass out of town. Who in their right? Why don't you answer it honestly? Not one person who watched that J.J. Reddick interview believed him. That's Ben Simmons' problem. He's not believable. Nobody believes him. You mean to tell me, human nature, you take a crap on me, you call me soft, coach hates me, the best player on the team's talking shit on me, and I like it in Philly? Why? I would have said this. They ran me out. I hated it. I, they, didn't, they blamed me for everything. I didn't help myself. But I'll tell you, at the end of the day, I have no good feelings about Philadelphia. Do people in Philly would have, re they would have responded like this. I can't wait to play Brooklyn. Because, dude, if you think that that is going to give you like a doorstop the next time if you ever step on a basketball court with Brooklyn, that Philadelphia fans, because you said you liked them, are not going to go after you when you show up at the Wells Fargo Center, you're out of your tree. Because they know you're a bullshit artist. Okay? You're a bullshit artist. Nobody answers questions with lies. Unless you're a bullshit artist. Yeah, I love it there. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? Because they, the only thing that Philadelphia did for you that you could say you loved was they gave you generational wealth. And they gave you a redshirt year. Other than that, really nothing. Well, I was defending the best. Uh, dude, shut up, man. You're dumb. That guy is a dumb dude. He, he's a dumb guy. Let me give you an example of this. So you see what happened with Justin Fields? He got caught talking shit on the Chicago Bear fans. Young player. 
said something about working hard. And by the way, Chicago, of course, the media experts that they are, they didn't put the question that was asked to Justin Fields on working hard. The fans don't work as hard as I do. I get that you're vested in it too. And he didn't get a chance to explain himself. And he answered it very lazily. See, when you're not playing well, they look for anything. you got to remember that. And people are there to bait you into saying, remember something. Here's, here, here's an example of my boy Xander. Xander's looking for clicks. He's looking for things that grab you immediately. And that's what all these reporters are doing. Sound bites. Sound bites to post, to go to websites, to get traffic, to sell, to get advertisers. So what are they going to do? They're going to set mousetraps for you. So they set a mousetrap for them. Okay? Organization should have been a little more cognizant of that because he hasn't played well. But they weren't. They were lazy too. They didn't help the kid out. So he answers it. Now he had to go, yeah, I want to address something and walk it back. I believe him. Okay? But at least he owned it. Hey, I said something after the game I probably shouldn't have said. I want to put it in better context. This is what I meant. You know, nowadays, people don't get the chance to get the mulligan back because people will go, no, that's not what you said, though, beginning. You said this. You know, nobody can have and go, hey, I was wrong to do it, okay? I want to tell you why it's (laughs) okay. I mean, is it okay if I tell you what I meant? You know, you caught me right after a game. I just played 60 minutes of football. And this dork comes in here and puts a mousetrap in front of me. Do you think I can pull my tail out of it? No. you No, you can't. Oh, okay. That's what some people in the media do. You get your foot caught in the mousetrap once, your foot's in that thing forever. Instead of giving the kid the chance to get the footprint out of it and the foot out of it or the tail out of the trap, and give the kid the benefit of the doubt. He's young. I did. I, I, I heard that. I went back and listened to the soundbite. And then I went and listened again to him and his explanation. I went, hey, just a dumb mistake, man. Just a dumb mistake. It's okay, right? It's insane he really showed his true colors once he left. Oh, he's a douche. Ben Simmons is just, dude. Hey, I personally don't think he ever plays again. And, and, And can I say this? Hey, dude, I think this guy hides behind the mental health thing. And I'm no doctor. I don't know. That don't look like you've been getting treatment on mental health at the J.J. Reddick podcast. Does that guy look like he's been through treatment or sound like it? I don't know. (laughs) Dude, if I'm going through depression, I'm not on a J.J. Reddick podcast talking about my failures. Okay, why would I want to be reminded of that? This guy just sued the Sixers for 20 million bucks, too. Do you really think that guy's been through therapy? Hey, like I said, I'm no doctor, man, but I don't know. I I don't know, man. Hey, I get to go on a podcast and talk shit and say, oh, I love everybody. Yeah, we're great. Everybody, we're all in it. This guy's a dope. This kid's from Ohio State, big school. How did he get caught in the mousetrap? Hey, 
you get caught when you're playing and you're down and you're not playing well, you could say a lot of shit, man. Okay? Even the most experienced guys get caught in mousetraps. Drew Brees got caught in one. Hey, I'm standing for the flag. The flag means everything to me. Hey, Drew, you really going to say that now in this landscape and in this firestorm that you're against Colin Kaepernick? Even if you are, don't say it. Drew Brees, experienced pro Hall of Fame guy, got caught in one. Justin Fields can get caught in one too. Okay? I actually give Justin more of a pass. Drew should have known better. Marcus Lattimore's teammate even come out going, I don't know. Is that might maybe what you want to say with guys in the locker room there? Okay. Thoughts on Zach Wilson? Dude, Joe Theismann said it earlier, Stephen. Zach Wilson in the Eagle preseason game, run out of bounds. Run out of bounds. What are you doing? Run out of bounds. What are you trying to make a play in the preseason for? Your competitive nature? Quarterbacks today got to be smart, man. You're the face of those franchises. Because if you're not smart, you know what you get? Jacoby Brissett versus Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> That's what you get. How about that apple pie tonight? <laughs> Holy cow. About that apple pie. Hey, what's the big Thursday night Amazon game? It's Browns and Steelers. Oh, wow. That sounds great. Wait a minute. Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback? Uh, yeah. Sorry? Big Ben's not. Oh. Hmm. Well, who's the quarterback? Yeah, they just gave a guy $230 million. Yeah, well, he's not ready yet for a couple weeks. That guy is in rehab somewhere. Deshaun's not playing? No. <laughs> Who's playing tonight? Well, Jacoby Brissett. I'm sorry? <laughs> I bet Amazon. And Jeff Bezos is going, like, who are these guys? Yeah, well, you know, one was in the XFL and the other guy was in the USFL. And the other guy was in the Arena League. I don't know. <laughs> uh, who, who are these guys? Right? Who are these guys? Dude. Hey, Mr. International, it's football. It was 13 million people that tuned into that thing last week anyway, so more people will tune in. All right, I'll tell you what I'm going to be watching a little bit tonight, though. You think Judge gets 61 tonight? What's he got, about 15 games left? I'll make this point to you. I think Aaron Judge is the greatest New York Yankee right-hand power hitter of all time. I thought about that. Okay. Is he better than DiMaggio? Yes. Power hitting. He has a shot at the Triple Crown, too. Only Yankee ever to win the Triple Crown is Gehrig. And A-Rod hit 52, I think, one year. Mantle was a switch hitter. Um, Reggie was a left-hand hitter. I know Yankee history. So I'm trying to think of another right-hand home run hitter. New York was always built to the ballpark. All the greatest Yankees are left-hand hitters. Mantle was a switch hitter. DiMaggio was the greatest right-hand hitter and probably still is the greatest right-hand hitter in Yankee. Well, 
Jeter's also, but DiMaggio could hit RBIs, home runs. And I don't think Jeter ever hit 30 homers. DiMaggio hit 40-something one year, 46. And he was like a, I mean, the 56-game hitting streak. He was a three-time MVP. I don't think Jeter ever won an MVP. And plus DiMaggio won nine uh, championships. Ruth is left hand, Kyle. It's funny. Ruth threw right-handed and hit left-handed. Winfield, um, I don't think Winfield ever hit 40 homers. And I don't even know how many times he hit 30. Dave was a really good, complete ball player in New York. But this kid, Judge, and by the way, he's a late bloomer. He's 30. And he doesn't have 30 home runs, or he doesn't have 300 home runs yet. So it's kind of hard because he had a really great rookie year. Then he hit 39 another year. And then he got injured. And, you know, I mean, he's 30 years old now. And I know there's a contract conversation there. So, but I would say that Judge is probably the greatest right-hand Yankee power hitter um, of all time. And I'll probably still stick with DiMaggio as being the greatest uh, Yankee right-hand hitter. And I would even maybe put Jeter second as a great right-hand hitter in New York. And then I would go Judge probably. Okay, because I'm, I'm trying to think of Yankee right-hand hitters, and there's not a lot of them. They always built that football – or they always built that baseball team to the short porch and right field. If you remember, the old Yankee Stadium used to be 297 down the line. And so the deepest part of the ballpark at one time was 485 in left center, and that's where the monuments used to be on the field back at original Yankee Stadium. Then they moved it back, and then they moved the monuments back behind the wall with the new addition of the Yankees stadium too. This thing different, this thing's different here. I think it's three fourteen down the lines now. Um, judge is six, seven, two, man. I mean, Reggie's left-handed, my friend. I'm a huge Reggie fan. Reggie's from Philadelphia actually too, Joe. Do you know that? He was born in Philly. Yeah. Reggie's a Philadelphia guy. I believe he's born in Philly. Winfield for a while, Scott Brocious, who's a solid ball player, but he's not in that conversation. I'm not paying him off a career year. Good luck with that with Cashman. BF, plus his injuries, you know, I mean, how much are you really going to pay the guy? Aaron Judge just has that kind of gravitas of a superstar. I've been hearing his name for years now. Yeah, I'm, I think the Yankees have to pay him just because of that. Still's a baseball kid. Oh, I really was, man. I grew up on Yankee baseball. Reggie is definitely Philly. Oh, I yeah, man. He was born in Philadelphia. Went to University of Arizona State. Um, actually went there on a football scholarship. And the great baseball program, I think Bonds is from Arizona State too. I think Barry went to Arizona State. I think Rick Monday is an Arizona State guy too. Um, they had a Oda B. McDowell, I think Bob Horner, a whole bunch of those guys went through that program, won national championships. And Reggie then started playing after he started playing baseball. He stopped playing football at Arizona State. Reggie's definitely, yeah, man. Reggie was Reggie was one of my favorite ball players. But 
hey, I told you, I got the baseball right there to prove it. My favorite ball player when I grew up was Dick Allen. Dude, he used to torture Philly fans. And I used to get Dick on my show all the time, man. I used to get Rich Allen. Here, let me show you this, man. I show you this every now and then. Here's Dick Allen. Actually, too, he signed it with the rookie of the year. He was with the Dodgers. When he signed it, 1964, he was the rookie of the year. And there's Dick Allen. And he, he, he was great in Chicago. And he won his MVP, I think it's 73 in Chicago. But he was a, he's a Philly icon. And by the way, I'll say this to you. It's a criminal crime that Dick Allen is not in baseball's Hall of Fame. This guy, Wampum, this dude was a weapon, man. <laughs> Dick Allen was a great ball player. This is one of my favorite items, man. He came in my studio. Hat on a hat. He came in my studio and he goes like this. Silio throws me this baseball, man. And I look at it and I go, dude, you know how much I've loved this thing here, man. This Dick Allen baseball. Thank you very much, BF. I thought one of you would pick it up and and, and be the gutter hole you are. <laughs> All right. I guess I do got to pick a winner tonight. Let's see. Who wins tonight? Oh, by the way, I'm going to break down what happens in that uh, Washington and Eagle game on Sunday. Who do you think I'm going for? Who do you guys think I'm going for on Sunday? I just want to get I want to get like a precursor before before I put down. Who do you think I'm going for? It's okay, BF, man. I do too. I wasn't born yeah, they did treat him like shit. Okay, um, Eagles, Ryan, we'll see tomorrow. Already said it. Look at Philly, man. Silio, I wrote it down. You said it already. If you go back on me tomorrow, I'm going to stab you in the chest with this pen. I got it, Philly. I got it, man. Okay? <laughs> I got it. All right, hey. Guys, I appreciate you guys coming aboard. Thank you so much. It'll be a football Friday on Friday. Xander, great stuff. Guys, I really appreciate it. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.